1: To Hunting Seasons, the podcast that dares to binge watch, deep dive and break down a season of television each and every week. I'm Broderick Gordis.
2: I'm Damask Leary.
1: And today we'll be discussing season one of Riverdale. And to do so, we are joined by a very special guest, Joachim Coglin Hey, Joe, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Very good, thank you. Thank you for joining us this week. Thank I'm you doing well.
2: Me. Thanks for asking, guys. I was so rude. So rude. Just wait your turn. Mm, never.
1: Men first. <laughs> uh, Joachim. What, uh, you're a TV enthusiast, I'm guessing? What's yes. Your, what, what, give us some, I don't know, best hits. What's your favourite television shows or things you're enthusiastic about?
0: Uh, I, I have two all-time favourite TV shows. Here we go, shows. here, yes. Uh, the first of which is Doctor Who. Ah, mm, oh, good choice. I'm Demask.
1: completely you should obsessed. have
2: told me. <laughs> I'm sorry, I should have told you earlier. <laughs> you <sorry>. should
1: have. <laughs> well, forget Riverdale, let's talk <laughs> to Who. Yes, please. Uh, and what else? And the other is Arrested Development. Oh, uh, wonderful! Yeah, Great Yeah, Geist. we're gonna go like a house on fire. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Just while we're here, then um, speaking of Doctor Who, favorite Doctor? Oh, uh,
0: probably David Tennant. But I really liked Peter Capaldi. Okay, cool,
1: excellent. Yeah. Mm. And are we looking forward to Jodie Whitt- Whittaker? Can't wait. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. is that coming? Uh, I think I read October.
0: October. Yeah. I'm waiting for <laughs> that trailer. While, been,
1: I was thinking Easter. Easter sometimes after Who shows up? No. Yeah. No. I just can't wait to see what they do with it. I'm just, I just want that first trailer. I just want yeah. to see yeah. just a little bit of a hint of what's going on. Looking forward to it in a big way. All right. Let's get things going with Off-topic, Off Topic Hot
0: Topic. Off Topic Hot
1: Topic. That's whatever you were talking about for you. First thing first, as always, Brian Fuller Watch, actually something this week.
2: <gasps> oh, my God. What is it? I'm so excited.
1: Yeah. Brian Fuller has left Vampire Chronicles TV series a <laughs> month after leaving American Gods. This came up last night. I was checking. We postponed this recording God, by a couple I of days. I love
2: Brian Fuller watch. It's my favorite.
1: I have a tab that is permanently open on my, <laughs> my browser now that's just Brian Fuller news. Just It's a search <laughs> in Google. Incredible. I just click it You know, every couple of days, yeah. see if anything's new. Wasn't expecting anything. All we of a sudden there's a report oh. that Brian Fuller has left Vampire Chronicles, which as far as I'm aware was the only le- show left that he was still attached to. Like, we've gone through American Gods, we've gone through uh, The tale- the Amazing Tales or whatever it was as well. I and don't
2: remember that, but sure. There's been the- so many.
1: This was the last one left. I was like, oh, this is... The-. And then he left that Apple show that never got started.
2: Yeah.
1: This is it. He is par- He's part
2: He's done. Unemployed. Are people <laughs> going to continue to give him chances? This is like a perfect example of like white men in Western culture. Mm-hmm. Just like... Just be <laughs> shit forever and you'll have endless possibilities. Failing
1: upwards. Oh, God. I just couldn't believe it when it came up. I was so excited because we do this segment <laughs> every week expecting exactly this. And he he doesn't fail to... Uh... He never disappoints. He never does. Good boy, Brian. I mean, he
2: disappoints all the time, <laughs> but we love it. But not this
1: it. segment. Yeah. have um, got a bunch of headlines to talk about this Please, week as well. Please, go on, go this, on. This has been the week of renewals, cancellations, and orders <sighs> from uh, especially network television, but some cable stations in the uh, US. So, we'll go through renewals first.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: First one, HBO has... Uh, given uh, the go-ahead for Westworld Season 3. That got renewed makes after, sense. like, yep. Episode 1 of Westworld coming back. So, apparently, they're happy with that. Uh, the Handmaid's Tale, Handmaid's Tale has been renewed for Season 3. Uh, cool. Good Girls, which was...
2: I haven't seen that yet. I
1: haven't seen it yet either, but I'm excited to watch it. But I was worried it was going to be, like, not going to get an audience and wouldn't get a Season 2. It's getting a Season 2. So, that okay. makes me want right, to really definitely. watch Season yep. 1 now. And we should do that soon. The big news that also happened in the last 24 hours has happened oh. right before I went to bed last night. Yep. Rick and Morty has mm. been picked up for another 70 episodes. <laughs> which I thought was a joke at first. Yeah. Right?
2: I look forward to seeing it in 15 years, knowing yeah. how quickly Dan Harmon works. Exactly. That'll be good. That'll yeah. be good. That'll I'm glad my that. grandkids will get to watch it. Like that makes me <laughs> that's the legacy that's I'll pass
1: down. Well the 70 episode thing is really interesting because the way it was announced, like I almost saw it happen live. It was I saw the tweet go up, Justin Roiland drew this picture of Rick telling Morty they're going on 70 more adventures. And I was like, oh, yay, confirmation of season four. The 70 is a joke, though. And then, no, all these reports are like, no, seriously, 70 episodes. They're going to go... They're being basically ordered to make enough so they can go into syndication once the show's off the air. How do we feel yeah, about okay. that? Like, what's our first reaction to, not just Rick and Morty being renewed, but 70
3: episodes? I
2: mean, honestly, my first reaction was, lol, how long is that going to take? <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> but I think... I am excited. I am confident in the team that makes Rick and Morty to continue mm. to make a really solid show. I don't Absolutely. think, yeah, I don't have any worries about them, yeah, over like trying to overachieve and like underperform. I don't really mm. have any worry about that, so I'm pretty excited about it.
1: What do you think, Joe? Are you a Rick and Morty fan?
0: I, I love it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, even even their filler
1: episodes are still pretty good.
2: Yeah. Absolutely.
1: There's a part of me that worries with 70 episodes, which I think I think most seasons are like 10 episodes long or whatever. Yeah. That 70 episodes, like seven more seasons is a little bit, I don't know, so ambitious. Mm. And if you feel like you've got to reach that point that they you're just stretching the concept too thin, it does True. make me worry about that. The beauty of Rick and Morty is that it's, there's so much potential for it to be anything that it might not matter. Yeah, but like I that mean, we're going to commitment... go down
2: the rabbit hole. Let's let's be honest. It's we're going there, and I'm kind of okay to do that.
1: The thing that again, the thing that worries me is I, I like when there is an inbuilt ending to a show. If someone says, "Oh, this show's probably mm. four to six seasons long," well, good. If we get four to six seasons, great. I've never heard someone turn around and go, ten <laughs> seasons!" and like, there's enough story for that. It's just do a lot. Do you
2: think? It's just like an arbitrary number, or do you think there might be a reason for the seventy?
1: The seven. I think the reason for the seventy is to reach syndication. Okay. Um, like uh, the magic number is like eighty-eight or something like that theoretically uh, these okay. days, yeah. but around that hundred mark, which will hit okay. with this one hundred and one, I think. Mm. Yeah. One if it if it gets all seventy, is the reason for that number specifically. Mm-hmm. But I've also seen reports that that doesn't necessarily mean he'll get seven seasons or even the 70 episodes, but essentially they've given the go-ahead for a long-term run.
2: I mean, if we get like 25, 30, 40 episodes in and then Dan Harmon goes, I don't want to do this anymore and decides to leave, or like the main Mm. creative team that we have known to trust decides we've had enough, we'll pass it along, then I will start to get very nervous. Yeah. But until that happens, I feel quite confident.
1: Well, I just think of Dan Harmon's previous project being community being six seasons and even that was starting to stretch it a bit too thin I think he always talked about jokingly six seasons in a movie and I kind of want to see that movie still but but that that, by that sixth season they were running out but also that takes place
2: in a community college like it's quite limited the stories you want to tell there whereas with Rick and Morty it's literally whatever you Anything. can think of yeah. you can do.
1: Mm. And with the joke of like, oh, it'll take twenty years to get through all of this or whatever, I also am okay with that. If they take two or three years off between seasons to go and do other to make things great. and yeah. to yeah. and to, you know, stretch themselves creatively in a different area and be re inspired to then make more and actually mm-hmm. always make good stuff and never feel rushed into it, then I'm okay with that too. Yes. If it means right. we can moise around for the rest of my life but it's always good and there's big great breaks in between, that's cool. Yeah. I'll Just take think
2: it. of like the what? 9, 10, 11 seasons of The Simpsons, that was really fucking good. You know what I mean? Like, it it is possible to maintain a cartoon. It's true. That's great for that long, so.
1: True. Some cancellation news. Oh, no. Uh, Don't. Don't say it. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt is ending after season four, which arrives at the end of this month on May 30th.
2: I think, like, that sounds right to me. I mean, I really enjoy Mm. Kimmy Schmidt, but also it's okay for it to end. I Mm. think that's a good run for it.
1: Um, apparently it may get a movie to cap things off though.
2: That seems weird. Yeah. Why? I imagine why?
1: it'll be a, just a Netflix movie.
2: Yeah, but also why? Think of Put like, it in a season, you know? Yeah. Like, why, why, why do we need a why
1: movie? I just think of like the Christmas specials for the office or yeah. extras and stuff like that. And they can work pretty well just to to mm. have a uh mm. an extended thing that's special that maybe has a bit more budget and and um mm. And no, yeah, I don't know, just make that last episode bigger or better in some way. I don't know. I'm, yeah, okay I with feel that. Like
2: I'm happy for that if it is an initial part of the plan. I'm like, we've got the final season and then we've got a little bit extra that is kind of planned, well yeah. thought out. Agreed. I don't want the final season and then just a bit of fan service. I'm not interested in that at yeah. all. Yeah.
3: Fair
1: enough. Uh, the Last Man on Earth. Has been cancelled after four seasons, which mm. I haven't watched, but I've heard great things about. Either of you guys watch that? No,
2: no. I just follow an actress from it on Instagram because she's really hot. But that's, that's, <laughs> fair that's, enough. She's that's Australian. Right. Oh, and when I was like twenty, I was at a party with her. Oh wow! Yeah, and I was, and then looking back, I'm like, oh, I was so close to fame, but never touched it. So that's my attachment to Last Man on Earth. Great,
1: excellent. <laughs> um, and the other one, the big one. I'm sorry, Damask. oh. Brooklyn Nine-Nine has been cancelled. How after dare five you! Five seasons. Uh, I can't believe it. I've only seen bits and pieces, but the bits and, bits and pieces I've loved, mm. I've really mm. liked. And I've been meaning to go and start watching the show. I know you like it a lot, Damask. It looks I like do. you like it a lot, Joe. I've only
0: seen two or three seasons, but it is really
1: fabulous. Yep. Yeah. My brother Liam, it. who's been on the show before, he loves it as well. Mm-hmm. What are your feelings right now?
2: I am confused. <laughs> If Okay, so if this was a British show, mm. I'd be like, that makes sense. Sure. Short, like shortish, like five seasons is a short run for an American sitcom, let's be honest. Absolutely. I hope, I don't, I know it's not the truth, but if it was, the season is... The show is ending because it should at no, season it's, 5. It's, I, I know that I know that's yeah. not what it is. Then, the actors certainly seem shocked. Yeah, then I would be like, "Okay, cool." But the fact that they are canceling it because I guess they don't think it has an audience is shocking to me because it has okay ratings. It doesn't have bad ratings at all. I'm I'm confused by the decision.
1: Well, at, at season 5 there's a few things going on here. They've got the number for syndication. Mm. Right. So like they've uh, hit, hit that milestone so they can just make money that way if they want to. The cast is probably is getting more and more sort of expensive theoretically because they are becoming more and more well-known doing their own projects and stuff. Andy Sandberg mm-hmm. in particular is, you yeah. know, doing all sorts of stuff. Um, yeah. The audience is a thing. There's some conspiracy theories that Roseanne has sort of fucked this show over in the sense that, Fox, because <laughs> Fox are great at cancelling things.
2: <laughs> Notorious. <laughs> Notorious. We were talking about Arrested Development earlier, yeah.
1: Yeah, I believe it, it, I believe it's Fox that do. Yeah, it is. It, I mean,
2: it's produced by an outside yes. studio, but Fox, yeah, is the
1: is the one. The talk of the town is that Tim Allen's Last Man Standing is coming back, which is famous for being a conservative sitcom that was cancelled and. Sort of, yeah. Politically, a little bit. People are upset about that, and that because Roseanne sort of is fitting this mold and has been so popular, it's getting a second season. That being said, Roseanne's ratings have dropped dramatically since the first episode aired when it came back. But it's getting and another season. And also, her
2: insane tweets might be helping mm-hmm. the ratings, drop. possibly.
1: Um, Fucking but idiot. there's talk that they might have money to bring back Tim Allen because everyone loves Tim Allen. Um, but and Brooklyn Nine Nine is geniacs in its own. Home
2: improvement was great for the (laughs) nineties. Last Man Standing was an embarrassment. I've never
1: seen it. Have you watched any of it?
2: I watched like an episode and Uh I was like, this is I get what you're trying to do. This is fucking old. It's at least fifteen years too late. Well that fifteen years is exactly what people
1: want. Will and Grace is back. Uh, Roseanne's back. They're doing the whole thing. Full House no, is no, back. No, you
2: can't put Will and the new Will and Grace in the lump with Roseanne and Last Man Standing. All you I'm talking so don't about All I'm
1: talking about is the the studios or uh, mm. stations and, and networks see mm. this like nostalgia trip and go money yeah. money 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 cashing in on money, nostalgia. nostalgia. Exactly right, and that's what they're thinking. Like Last Man Standing isn't necessarily that because it's not that old, mm. but they see that conservative audience. You know those MAGA. You know, make America great again, red hat people <laughs> who want a show.
2: Good luck to them. That's all I say. Yeah. Good luck because you're in for some real boring stories. Here, also, just buy the fucking DVDs if you want to live 20 years in the past. Here's the
1: good news. I'm
2: getting angry, broad. Yeah.
1: Theoretically, mm. there's a good chance. It's certainly not set in stone, but there's a good chance it may get picked up by somebody else. Netflix is being a lot of people are talking like, you know. So. Asking Netflix. It's done pretty well on Netflix, I think. I know a lot of people who watch it on Netflix. They'd be fools not to. Is I, it on
2: Netflix or Stan here? I can't it's remember. It's on Netflix, Netflix. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah.
1: Right. Um, that's, that's how I've seen any episodes that I've seen. Right, okay. Um, so I imagine it's getting a bit of an international audience through Netflix. Mm-hmm. I feel like it'd be a really good pickup for them to do that. It'd yeah. be a really good show of faith as well. They certainly have the money to do it. Mm-hmm. If they did it, it'd be a pretty big
2: Yeah. Big I know fan. it's on SBS here as well. Is it, yeah, is it yeah, really? Yeah. There you go. I mean, yeah, I love it. And it's I spoke to earlier in the year about the fact that I had really fallen in love with it through season four. Like it had really gone places Mm. that were beautiful and hilarious and I was excited to see where it was going. Mm -hmm. So to see this news today, which I did very early, I did my early morning Twitter check. First thing
1: when you wake up, right? And uh, I was
2: upset. I was like, that is... Such a shame. I, I just thought it was a shame. Did you
1: feel it coming? A lot of people seemed to th- know it was or understood it was on the on No, because I,
2: I hadn't been reading any articles about it. I'd just been like, because obviously I live in Australia, the bottom of the world, mm-hmm. I was just watching it yeah, on Netflix and just kind of enjoying it as it went along. And I didn't even think to check up on it. Because I my impression was that it was, you know, it's a Michael Sher product Mm -hmm. um they tend to go for quite a while um they are known for their quality content i was i would have been shocked to hear that they would have cancelled it so to hear that this morning was shocking yeah
1: let's move on to some new series that have been ordered as well um one that's worth noting is what we do in the shadows tv show uh the sort of tv remake amazing of the taika waititi uh new zealand comedy of the same name Mm -hmm. um this one's likely arriving in the first half 2019 gonna be set in new york they've cast a few people in including matt berry um who you might know from the it crowd and from uh toast of london
2: it crowd he's oh the boss yeah 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 yeah. so good
1: um, and uh, yeah, so, and I think they're adding a female badass vampire character. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interested to see what that looks like. It looks like that Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi are at least going to be producing it, so they are going to be involved somewhat creatively, but we'll right. see exactly what that looks like. Mm. There's always a worry when something. Mm from abroad, gets made in America. Absolutely. Cat Let's and look Kim. at the Kath
2: and Kim remake. Yeah. It's
1: mm. come up a lot recently. I'm not sure why. But, uh, really? Yeah. We're talking about that last night. Anyway. Um, yeah, well,
2: so we weren't. I don't know who you were with.
1: but We, me, myself and I. I the, the, cool. <laughs> me and my <laughs> voice is in my head. Uh, yeah. No. I, so There's a little bit of concern there, but I'm excited to see what that looks like. The other one that's worth talking about is that Josh Thomas has been ordered to make a pilot of a show called Everything's Gonna Be Okay, a half-hour comedy for Freeform Network, which I've never heard of before, but it's Disney-owned. I'll just give a little uh, synopsis here. The comedy revolves around Nicholas, played by Josh Thomas, a typical 25-year-old still living at home with his single dad and two teenage half-sisters who is not... who is not particularly helpful in raising his siblings, one of which has autism. However, when their dad becomes terminally ill, the girls have to cope with not only a devastating loss, but also the realisation that Nicholas is the one who will have to hold it all together.
2: (laughs) You lost me at Josh Thomas is acting in
1: (laughs) it. He's acting, writing and producing.
2: The boy can't act.
1: True.
0: Mm. He
2: can. He. There is no nuance in his performance, and I'm assuming if we're dealing with things as interesting and captivating as growing up with a sibling that has autism,
3: mm-hmm.
2: he's not going to be able to pull that off. Well, I'm happy to autism. I I know that, but like just dealing with the emotional repercussions of that. Sure. I mean, I'm happy to be surprised, but I cannot see that working do, do you have any i'm sure everyone will love it I'd be like oh josh thomas is a darling like please like me and you know i didn't like that i know
1: that's why that's why i brought it up on the show my I want eyes to
2: see are rolling rolling
1: the is there anything about josh thomas just in his if he was, puts out? There, if
2: he was writing producing i'd be like oh interesting but the fact that he's in it is mm. nah 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 mm.
0: I liked Please Like Me, but he was by far the least interesting part of
2: it. <laughs> sure, was, I've, yeah. I agree with
1: that 100%. I'm, I'm interested to see him play someone that's not himself, theoretically, as well. Like Josh, But, you, in, but he will like, be he himself, that? though. I don't know, I don't know. He will I, be himself. Again, I'm curious. It's just a pilot. We may never even see this. Mm. But I'm interested in it. Apparently, he's been working on this for a while. A friend of a friend... Uh, actually just a friend knew had been sp- talking <laughs> just to him about a it. friend just a friend it wasn't even a friend of a friend it was actually closer than that had been talking <laughs> to him and understood that he'd been trying to get something like this off the ground for a while right. even back when before season four of Please Like Me came out so I don't know I'm I think it's I'm important curious. to
2: know your capabilities I'm going to leave it at that <laughs> we'll see <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, one last thing this and is- I,
2: just to put it out there I love him as a comedian I think he's a fabulous writer yep. but I don't think he's a performer
1: fair enough ABC budget cuts. Just while we're talking TV, we've been talking a lot of international stuff here. Though Josh Thomas is nice segue into Australian stuff. The national uh, public broadcast network, network in Australia, ABC, has had its funding slashed by eighty-four million dollars. Uh, because we
2: definitely had that to spare.
1: <laughs> being Fucking told, hell. being told that they have to learn. We got like two
2: shows. T- fuck it out. To
1: learn to live within their means, whatever that means. Uh, the ABC's managing director, Michelle Guthrie, told staff she was very disappointed and concerned about what amounted to a substantial budget cut and would impact audiences. The decision will make it very different, difficult sorry, for the ABC to meet its charter requirements and audience expectations, Guthrie told staff. How do we feel about this news?
2: Disappointed. <laughs> very disappointed. Um, do I think... I mean, we won't because we've got a very conservative government, but maybe it's time to take on the UK model, start paying a tax and make sure that we are creating great, important content in Australia. But that- because the politicians themselves will not just apparently give us the money to, uh, you know, impact arts, They're not interested in it.
1: Well, I, I so we th- have a,
2: if we have a dedicated tax to it that people give...
1: A TV tax, like yeah, TV UK.
2: tax, exactly. Maybe that's what we need to do because this whole conservative movement is totally opposed to creating accessible Australian-made content for Australian viewers. They are not interested, so fuck them. Let's do something else. But
1: this goes, this this goes, this goes way beyond that, though. It's not just not about the. Government. Oh, it's
2: war. I get it. It's no, not just on. about
1: <laughs> the like the idea of a TV tax is fine, but you can just come out of our taxes, you know. Mm. The, the thing is, the budget being cut has had nothing to do with whether they think the ABC makes good art or not. The ABC is having its budget cuts because the right wing of Australian politics thinks that it's left-leaning. I, you know, no, I understand like, that. That's
2: what I'm saying we can't count on them to just well, do that- what we would like to, for them to do with the ABC and with the taxes provided. So maybe we need a dedicated tax system that actually goes straight to, you know, public television. It's,
1: it's it's exactly... It still has to go through the government, though. Like, it's exactly the same thing. All just right, a well, let's burn on.
2: the government. I don't know what you want from me, Brian. <laughs> I, think, I think what you're... I t- can't I, fix it! I think the
1: only <laughs> way it would work is, like, it. Be, ABC becomes privatised and then has no. a no. Patreon type system, no. like, where it's just funded from no. by the public. No, no, no. I agree. I don't want the ABC privatised either, but it's, it's just another way of doing the same thing. A, t- a dedicated TV tax... Yeah, they'll gut it till they sell it. another way of saying take money from it. They, it's the same thing money. with
2: like Telstra and stuff. They'll gut it till they just sell it. That's the that's idea. That's what's happening. Yeah,
1: just, that's exactly do what's
0: do going
2: Do you have up. any ways to save it, Joe?
0: Put me in charge. Yeah, there you go. Mm. Dance off. Vote in Joe. Yeah, that's <laughs> right.
1: Joe, Joe Coglin for... Well,
0: I'll save ABC.
2: 2020. <laughs> when is our next
1: election? No, that's that's the answer here. The answer is vote out the fucking Liberals. That's how we fix this. It's the only way. Yeah, because...
2: Yeah. The three people in this room were definitely voting in the Liberals. The people who listen to this podcast, (laughs) the people in the room are not voting Liberals. We are not the problem. I'm not
1: not trying to start a rally here. I'm just saying that's the solution. It's the only way to fix this. It's got nothing to do... Like, privatizing is not going to work, obviously. That's terrible. It's
2: nice to know that their run is so limited because of the generational change between like the... Do you believe that, though? Yes, I do.
1: Less and less I'm believing that. Mm. The more and more I see other... White uh, male Australians in particular, who are going to go down the same road as their daddies did, like it's gonna, it's there's going to be plenty of. Look at the GamerGate reaction or all this sort of stuff online. The incel movement at the moment, which is fucked up.
2: By the way, like I am hearing this word incel all the fucking time now. In, in like the in, last week, yeah. what has happened? Uh,
1: do you understand? Do you understand what incel is?
2: I mean, yes, I understand.
0: I didn't who know until incel two Incel people
2: ago. are. But, but, in- I, but this word has just kind of been created. It's Do you been, know who, it's what been incels are? I have no idea. You, you're you part of the problem. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No, involuntary
1: <laughs> cel- celibacy? Yeah, involuntary celibacy. The yeah, idea you know. that there needs... Sad
2: white dudes who can't get laid. Uh, okay. the,
1: and the argument is that there needs to be a redistribution of sex. Basically, that sex is a commodity that everybody has a right to and that basically women need to be forced to have sex with men who want to have sex.
2: All right, if sex is a commodity Makes a lot of sense. and it's I fucked. hold on to that commodity, like that's an asset I have, I want to be paid accordingly. I want to be running the fucking world. If mm. I like just have a pussy full of gold, pay me as such. You I mean, <laughs> know what I
1: mean? The ultimate argument that people continually ignore is that people aren't property and you can't make a person or their disagree. body no. <laughs> Right, <laughs> <joking>. But the... <laughs> The, the idea that they could pay for sex is a legitimate one, though a lot of people who are sex workers say, don't send these fucking freaks towards us, they're going to abuse us because they are abusive anyway. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They think they should own women. They're not, it's not that they want sex, as they want control, yeah. and they're going, these are dangerous people. Like, the whole thing is fucked up. Yeah. But this is, this is an our generational thing, Damask. This is part of our generation. These are the people who are going to vote for conservative politicians. This isn't going away.
2: I disagree that it's our generation's thing. I think it has always existed. We have just labelled it no, as No, a well, thing. all I
1: mean is that when we say, oh, they've got a limited time because our generation's going to kick them out, that's not the, that's the bit I disagree with. I just don't believe it's true. They, no,
2: I believe that's true.
1: Uh, I, I mean, very hopeful. I think very the, hopeful. particularly in
2: Australia, the amount of people moving to the cities and the cities are particularly Melbourne where we're living very liberal places I think people are being able to be exposed to different lifestyles different ways of thinking um no i'm I'm hopeful
1: i I, I, I
2: am not as you yeah, no I'm hopeful
1: i'm I'm glad you're hopeful <laughs> I hope you're right I
2: have to be otherwise I will shoot myself in the head so <laughs>
1: cool well on that note ask what have you got for us? <laughs>
2: so I don't have a lot of Off-topic hot topics, but I am very excited, though a bit trepidatious, about the fact that Adam Pally, who who was a star of the sitcom Happy Endings, which is one of my favourite shows of all time, is reuniting with the Happy Endings producers to make a show for YouTube Red. Oh. Now, have you seen Happy Endings, I've seen
0: bits and pieces of it, yeah.
2: I love this show. Yeah. Penny Hearts is... My soulmate, I think. I love her so much. Played by the beautiful Casey Wilson, who has an incredible Real Housewife podcast that I listen to every week. Um, so they're making a YouTube Red series and it is said, I'm just reading this from the AV Club, um, quoted as, the entitled series revolves around the entourage that surrounds a rap star. Ooh, I love Adam Pally. He's also beat on the Real Housewives uh, podcast because he loves Real Housewives. He's a man after my own heart. I appreciate that, but I am very excited about this because my heart broke when Happy Endings ended. I couldn't believe it. it's much like Brooklyn Nine Nine, yeah. except they only mm. I think got three seasons. But that was a show that got better every single episode. Much like but I never
1: thi- really had an audience, did it? No,
2: never did. Yeah. It was it was very sad, and I you know it wasn't even released in Australia. I watched it magically, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I love it, so I'm excited one for this show to be happening and two perhaps for opportunities in the future for maybe past you know past cast members um, from happy endings to maybe make an appearance cool. so that kind of made me happy about speaking of what's youtube happening.
1: have you speaking of youtube red have you guys heard about Cobra Kai the no. okay cobra kai is a youtube red series that's a sequel to the karate kid that legitimately has the what does that mean it means that the main characters, specifically the uh, whoever the Cobra Kai kid was that Danny beats in the, at the end of Karate Kid 1 yeah. and the actor who played Danny, I don't know the names on top of my head. Mm. Uh, he
2: becomes an incel, I get it.
1: <laughs> they are, maybe, they are grown-up men and it's got something to do. Not, I've seen maybe bits of a trailer, it's like a continuation of that storyline.
2: I don't want to see grown-up men being upset about the fact that they lost a karate tournament (laughs) when they were fourteen. The bit Like I'm not very interested in. Perfect
0: viewing.
1: The bit that's crazy. It was released the first Mm. season recently, and people are like, "Actually, it's pretty good and way better than it deserves to be." Really? And it's getting a second season. (gasps)
2: Okay, which is like
1: because it sounds like the worst idea in history. (laughs) That sounds
2: really good. Okay, let's let's. uh, let's I'm interested in
1: exploring it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Have you got anything else for us to ask?
2: I do. In reality, check.
1: We need to come up with a stinger for that.
2: Of course we do. Reality
1: check. Reality check.
2: Yeah, that's (laughs) it. We've got it. That's it. I have a letter to write to Bravo. Do not insult me with a three-part Beverly Hills reunion. I was there. I watched the whole season. You had nothing. Just like you've had nothing for a couple of years now. You need to recast a lot of these ladies. Many of them have Way too much to lose to ever actually put themselves out there to create a valuable storyline. It's boring. Stop wasting my time. Also, just like everyone else in the world, I don't know what the F was up with Erica Jane. Look, she mentioned she had a migraine early on. I hope that's what it is. Otherwise, she has gone full on monster mode, which is disappointing. Anyway, so while watching Real Housewives of New York, um I had to physically turn myself away from the screen because of its cringiness. And no, I'm not just talking about how pathetic Tinsley is in a relationship. I'm talking about my beloved Dorinda, mm, RIP. Um being at a table of humanitarians wasted off her titties. She was so fucking drunk as Dorinda usually is, but this was particularly bad. Because, like I said, table of humanitarians and she starts coming for them. She starts aggressively berating a man who has done nothing but help children of Haiti graduate college. She's rolling her eyes. She's discounting their achievements. It is awful and it gave me anxiety and I wished I was dead the whole time. But, you know, great television, good stuff. Also, I have to say I'm a little behind on RuPaul's Drag Race, so I can't really talk to that this week. Um, and the reasons I'm behind will um, become apparent in my spoiler-free review of Riverdale. So listen up for that.
1: <laughs> Joe. I'm going to tell you, Reality Check is my favourite segment. It is done so well with such passion, and I understand none of it. It's fantastic. I love it.
0: Um, I very much enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. Don't I ask. wish you were up to See, date on RuPaul. Though. Joe here, oh.
2: yeah, watches RuPaul, but he doesn't watch any of the Housewives. So right. If no. I had done a little RuPaul segment, he would have understood. I don't the closest I've week.
1: ever come to caring about any of this is through this segment because it's, <laughs> she makes it sound so amazing. All
0: right. It
2: is amazing.
0: Uh, uh, sorry, it is amazing. Thank obviously, it's probably you. good you weren't talking about RuPaul because it would have started an argument.
2: Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to our review of Riverdale. Let me clue you in. <laughs>
0: Season in
1: Review. Riverdale is a CW and Netflix original teen drama slash murder mystery and a dark reimagining of the Archie comic books first published in the 1940s. The series takes place in the titular small town of Riverdale and follows a group of high school sophomores as they navigate the turbulent waters of teenage love and cold blooded killings. The series was developed by Roberto Aguirre Sacasa, an American playwright, screenwriter, and comic book writer best known for his work at Marvel Comics and on the TV series Glee. Riverdale stars K.J. Apper, Lily Reinhart, Camilla Mendez, Cole Sprouse... Madeleine Petch and Ashley Murray as Josephine Josie McCoy, lead singer of Josie and the Pussycats. Season 1 premiered on the CW on January 26, 2017, and consists of 13 episodes, each coming in at around 42 minutes, and took us approximately 9 hours and 10 minutes to watch. Season 2 is currently airing and due to conclude on May 16th, with a third season confirmed to be on the way. A semi-spin-off and dark reimagining of Sabrina the Teenage Witch is also currently in production. Let's start just by talking about our relationship to Archie, the mm-hmm. idea of the Archie comics and so yes. forth. Damask, what was your previous knowledge of Archie?
2: I did own like a little like almanac thing of Archie comics oh, when really? I was a, a little babe, a wee babe. Maybe I think I got it when I was 12, I think, and I read it and that was the, my actually my first experience of comics. Mm-hmm. Um, it was boring. I didn't love it, but I thought the novelty of having... A comic was kind of cool, but it didn't, like, draw me in. Um, so, yeah, that's that's all I knew of Archie. But it was just it was just kind of, like, teen drama, but, like, 50s teen drama. Yeah. So, it wasn't mm-hmm. particularly engaging for me as a kid growing up in, like, the early noughties. Yeah.
0: What about you, Joe? I, I knew of it. I had no interest in it whatsoever.
1: Gotcha. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, Shocking to hear. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've, I'm familiar with the comics just as characters from pop culture, most notably... Um, the famous love triangle between Archie, Betty and Veronica. Mm-hmm. Everyone mm-hmm. sort of knows about that. Mm-hmm. I knew even before Riverdale came about, they were sort of playing with Archie. Like it, the the comics hadn't changed a lot over the 50, 60, 70, 80 years that had been around. And they have been doing things like doing dark versions mm-hmm. that involve the Predator and like I crossovers yeah, with, yeah, with seen, the yeah. Punisher and stuff like that. Like yeah. those things I was aware of that were happening. Um, so they've sort of been playing with the formula there. Um, And the the thing that comes to mind straight away when I think of Archie before seeing Riverdale was that one short scene in an episode of The Simpsons where Homer gets thrown out of a car onto the lawn outside their house and it's the Archie gang and one of them says, stay out of Riverdale and then they drive off. Oh, I don't even
3: remember that. that,
1: It's stuck in my head. And there's a bit later in the episode where uh, Homer's reading an Archie comic going, stupid Riverdale punks don't think I'm good enough. Sort of thing. Uh, that for me was like, that was my number one Archie that was reference. That it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind that we have, you, Damask, probably have the greatest knowledge of Archie stuff. Mm. Give us your spoiler free review of Riverdale season one.
2: All right. So I have something to confess. <laughs> Not to you, Broad or you, Joe, because I've told you guys this already, but I am a teen drama fan. I love, <laughs> I know, shocking. I love Dawson's Creek. I can't even begin to estimate the amount of times that I have actually watched that all the way through. The same goes for One Tree Hill. Um, The character of Brooke Davies is one of my favourite characters of all time. I obsessively watched Pretty Little Liars for years, waiting for the day to find out who is A. Um, I I love this stuff. But I did drop off Pretty Little Liars in the last couple of years. So it's been a few years since I've watched a teen show. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, I made the conclusion that, you know, my adult brain had finally formed and I had... <laughs> i had, grown up. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm a real grown this. up now and I no longer need that. And then I decided to watch Riverdale for this podcast. But before I started to watch it, I knew two things about it. One, I originally thought this show was a joke <laughs> Because I saw the promo shot of a sexy and dark adaptation of Archie and I legitimately thought to myself, like, ha, good joke, internet person. Like thinking like, you know, everything's about a sexy reboot. They've like their sketch or something. They've done like a fan art of yep. a sexy dark Archie. And then I was like, ha, Good joke, internet person. Then I realised oh, it's not a joke and the person I need to thank is the CW because they are (laughs) taking this seriously, apparently. And the second thing was I have already loved a reboot from this universe, which was the 2001 movie – Josie and the Pussycats,
1: oh, right. starring.
2: It has Rachel Lee Cook, Tara Reid, Rosario Dawson, Parker Posey, Alan Cumming.
1: Oh, really? Wow! wow. It's wow. amazing.
2: Yeah. I what like I worship this film as a teen, and I actually still do as an adult. It is hilarious and camp, and it's. It's beautiful because it critiques pop culture while also completely infused with like product placement. It's like Spice World, but with even more self-awareness. It's fucking great. You, I,
1: are, you are selling me at Spice World. That's a great film. Like this, I really like the Spice World. I think movie. you'd really
2: <laughs> like Josie and the Pussycats. It's fucking great. Like okay. it's genuinely funny. Um, so so yeah, so I thought this show was a joke. I already love Josie and the Pussycats. I didn't think anything could do any better. So as far as I was concerned, this show of Riverdale, it Just didn't have anything to offer me. Um, And then I woke up from some sort of blackout (laughs) uh, to discover that I had watched 31 episodes of Riverdale over four days. (laughs) And now I have no chance, like no choice but to stand before you all with no dignity and say, I have a problem. I am addicted to this show. (laughs) It fills me with the same joy. I get when I re-watch Dawson's Creek or One Tree Hill shows like this, get me in that really sweet, sweet spot between rolling my eyes at the absurdity of what's happening on screen while also swooning when two characters I like, you know, have a little bit of a smooch. It's, it's got that perfect thing of, you know, when you're a teenager and you're beginning to distance yourself from those familial bonds, which is scary but you're also like learning what creating your own family feels like, I just, and you know the. Look, I watched <laughs> it, I and then I went on Tumblr, which I haven't done in like five years, and I was looking up like OTPs that I liked, and you know I was hard on the ships of certain characters. I don't know what happened, but I just want you all to know that I cannot and I will not be objective. When reviewing this show, I'm sorry, Brad, Joe, and all the listeners at home, this is who I am now.
3: <laughs> no. the
2: Damask you knew before is gone.
1: Uh, this is who you always were, Damask. <laughs> that's true. This is just the truth. I just self.
2: suppressed it for a couple of years, and it's just coming out of me, and I don't know what to do, but that's my review. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry.
1: Joe, could you please give your review of season one? Uh, well...
2: <laughs> <laughs> mm, yes.
3: yes
0: it it's so trashy <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes i've never
0: i've never been a fan of 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 teen dramas mm. yep. it's never been my my genre uh-huh uh i don't get it i don't
2: sure. i don't get it i don't get
0: it it it's mm. never appealed to me whatsoever i've n- never understood the appeal, but uh, i found myself really enjoying it <laughs> And hating myself (laughs) for that.
2: So a similar reaction from both you and me. Yep.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I I, I don't think I'm quite as obsessed as you are, Damask.
2: Fair call, fair call. Uh,
0: I think I'm a long way from that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) A healthy way from that. That's good.
0: (laughs) But, um, uh, yeah, it's it's very enjoyable for, for what it is. I can stand back and look at it and go, this is... The most fucking ridiculous thing I've ever
2: seen. Oh, let, let it be known. So can I. I understand the absurdity, hence why I had a, such a diatribe to try to kind of explain myself because I get the fact that this is teen trash. I get it.
0: Absolutely. But I can't help it. I can't help it. But, yeah, o- overall it's it's very
1: enjoyable.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: What about you, Brog? Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's... Fine, is my thoughts. It's not my cup of tea. This isn't the sort of show that I typically like. I'm not a real teen drama watcher. The only things I've ever really watched are Buffy, I guess, is a teen drama in a sense, but never. I, like it doesn't work on this sort of level, I don't think, of trashiness. No. Mm-hmm. Trash is the right word. And I've obviously watched the first two to three seasons of Dawson's Creek, mm-hmm. mainly because Damask wanted me to. I too. made you. Yeah. For the most <laughs> when we were in high school together. <laughs> We went to high school together, and we really felt a connection to that, <laughs> yeah. to that story and those this emotions. It's that life. This yeah. It's that life. Basically, yeah. I managed to avoid the OC when it was popular. I remember being part of the group that was like rolling their eyes because everyone else was watching that. Mm-hmm. And a, a friend of ours, Dave Kendrick, and myself watched an episode. We both watched one episode for some reason, twitched it on, and saw someone like having a weird, um, it was like the Wizard of Oz style like coma dream or something. We're like, this is fucked, and walked away from it. Never went back to I it again. That was-
2: you are you talking about? The O.C. I think so. Yeah, I think it was that was Seth. <laughs> I don't. I can't know. remember. I, can't remember I don't know. I've only really watched it the once when it was on TV. I'm so intrigued. I kind of hope I'm wrong about that because if I'm right, then that's sad. Anyway, move the,
1: on. The thing I will say about the show is it knows what it is and it succeeds at doing that. Yes. So it's yeah. hard for me to yeah. ding it as being like we've had shows in the past that we've not liked we've reviewed poorly. For example, Dead Like Me, which is a show that was a bad version of itself. There was a better mm-hmm. version of that show in there because it was trying to be something and failing, mm-hmm. right? Which is really frustrating when that happens. Try think of other sh- other oh, like, uh, a lot of the Marvel shows and stuff like that. You look at it and you go, mm-hmm. there is a better version of you out there when and you When you see the
2: failing. potential and it, misses the mark like yeah. it doesn't quite understand why like the the genre that it's in why people enjoy that genre yes that's when it misses the mark but if but i think this show understands its own genre yep. it goes there to the nth degree yep. and yeah. therefore if you like that genre you can really enjoy it and so
1: that's why i can't give this uh, a scathing review mm. even though it's not the sort of show not that I, like. jam. I mean yeah. I'll, I'll admit this as well i begrudgingly did find myself sometimes caring, <laughs> which really oh, frustrated me.
2: That fills me with such satisfaction. <laughs> <laughs> and the,
1: not very often, but it was mm, there. A yeah. couple of characters for dumb, dumb reasons mm-hmm, that we'll talk mm-hmm. about. That I'm
2: i all about those dumb reasons, uh, baby. We'll get mm. there.
1: Uh, but yeah, but, but at the same time, for the bits that, you know, I was just working my way through and rolling my eyes at... I understood that's it knew exactly what it was. It was doing its thing and well done to it. It did a very good job of doing its thing. So mm-hmm. I'm going to give it that. It's certainly made well enough. There's some decent imagery in there. It does some very interesting gothic horror stuff in there as mm. well. Um, and so there's a surface level of enjoyment to it there. Um, but yeah, the super duper everyone has a dark secret is being devious <laughs> slash is a moron <laughs> and only holds my interest for so long. This isn't drama with a capital D. It's drama, impact font, all caps, bold, italicized, and <laughs> underlined. Like
2: that's what I love.
1: That's yeah. that's what this show is. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely. Um,
1: I also found it interesting as well. A part of the other reason I think I was distant from it is I live in a post-freaks and geeks world. So as soon as there, everyone's a cheerleader and plays in the football team, except for for uh, Jughead. It's like. I Can you show me behind the bleachers? I want to know what's happening Mm. Mm. with those kids more than I care about the ones who are super popular and play in all the school bands and blah, blah, blah. And like uh, the best at everything and super... And everyone's so fucking, like, beautiful. Everyone is beautiful in this show. Just wait (laughs) for uh, season two. God bless. (laughs) Yeah, it just gets better. (laughs) The the writing... um, is super hand-fisted, which is one of the things mm-hmm. that really, really frustrated me. Um
2: part be- of the genre though, baby. But yeah. it is part of the and it's like at mm. the same
1: time, it's, it's an argument to me that it's made that's part of the style. And I have to admit, and this is the bit I don't want to do, <laughs> that I have a soft because I'm soft, stupid, straight white male, I definitely, definitely have a fondness for Betty Cooper.
2: I think you have a hard <laughs> spot for Betty <laughs> yeah, Cooper. I that think might it's be a <laughs>
1: Probably not helped that there is a slight resemblance to an ex-girlfriend and it's hard to oh. look past that and just sort of go yeah. a bit freaked out by that and sort of, but you have to draw an attachment to that as well. It's
2: nice that you don't have an aversion to her because she looks like that. It's true, yeah, it's true. healthy. No,
1: it is healthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's all I'll say about that. That's the, uh, that's, that's as deep as my review gets, I think. I love it. Yeah. Uh, um... Is there anything else we want to talk about before we get into spoilers? Like,
2: no, let's get to, let's do our ratings and then get to spoilers. All
1: right. So out of five, how would you rate this, Damascus?
2: Look, I guess I'm going to have to give it a three, but in my what? heart, it's a 4.5. <laughs> it's a 4.5 for me. Yeah. what? But in, but I know it should be a three. What? No, no,
1: no, 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 no. You said earlier that you, this can't be objective. Reviews aren't objective. All right. It's
2: a 4.5.
1: Seriously. Why not give it that? I because thought you were my, embracing your... My, okay,
2: all right. My adult brain says three.
1: Fuck <laughs> like your adult brain. <laughs> but
2: my heart says 4.5. Do you so want to split the
1: difference? Do you want to... No I, no,
2: I want those two scores oh, out those two there. Okay, fine. That's what it is. You can have it.
1: So, your brain, so, so you're, if you're
2: willing to have a bit of fun, 4.5. If you take TV very fucking seriously, and you're not willing to have a bit of fun, then it's st- going to be like a 3 or a 2.5 you're for you. are sticking stick
1: in the mud like broad. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. What about you, Joe? How many stars? I would give it
0: 3.5.
2: Ooh, Whoa. Yeah, I love it. Love it.
0: Just it got an extra 0.5 just, just because I f- did find myself enjoying it. Okay. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough.
1: Uh, I'm going to give it 3. Mm-hmm. 3 is decent. It is middle of the road. It is... Yep, well done you. Pat mm. on the back. <laughs> go, You do your thing. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I'll, you be you. I'll see you never, but you, be you, you, show. you, you keep yeah. doing your thing. You're fine for that. Uh, should our listeners go watch the show or could they keep listening to the podcast, Spoilers Be damned.
2: I think if this is the kind of show, like something campy, overly dramatic, that you will really enjoy the twists and turns, literally every scene of every episode, <laughs> like it's over the top, <laughs> then watch it first. Enjoy those, like, little spoilery moments yourself. Really dive Mm. in. Mm. But if you don't care about that, then just listen on. Yeah.
1: What about you, Joe? Should I... Uh,
0: If if you care about the murder mystery, (laughs) then you should go watch it first. But... (laughs) You know, But if you don't, don't worry about it. I'm exactly the same. A lot of it is pretty cliche. If you think this is your show, definitely go watch it. (laughs) Otherwise,
1: please listen on. I don't think this is a show that even if you did listen on, that you couldn't go back and enjoy later, if you really were like, oh my God, this sounds amazing. Mm. Yeah, that's true. You'll be fine.
2: Yeah.
3: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind
2: ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online.
0: The Spoiler
1: Zone. Spoiler warning. On this episode, we will be discussing everything that happens in Season 1 of Riverdale. Before listening any further, we recommend watching all of Riverdale up to this point. If you've not yet done so, proceed with caution. There are spoilers ahead. You have been warned.
3: Kids, I'm going
0: to tell you an incredible story. Story time with Damask.
2: It's just a normal day in Riverdale as two ethereal and creepy red-headed twins row into the middle of the lake to make sweet love. Or sacrifice themselves to the devil. Or maybe both. Oh, nope, that's not what happened. Turns out the boy ginger fell overboard and is presumed to have drowned. Only he didn't. His ghostly visage is spied by Kevin and Moose as they canoodled by the bank of the lake. Boy Ginge, aka Jason Blossom, has been shot in the noggin. Let's meet a few of the gang before we go any further though. Archie not only got hot over the summer, but he also delved into two new passions, music and statutory rape. Jughead, Archie's former best friend, doesn't have time to socialise ever since he started writing Veronica Mars fanfiction. Betty isn't doing much of anything really other than perfecting her ponytail skills and pining over Archie. And Veronica has newly moved to Riverdale after her wealthy father was imprisoned for embezzlement. Consider her the Jen Linley of Riverdale. Except if Archie tried any of that slut-shaming stuff that Dawson tries, she would rip off his dick, set it on fire while simultaneously organising a slut walk and writing an article for Jezebel. Things get confusing and exciting after Archie and Veronica share a kiss at the beckoning of the resident mean girl Cheryl Blossom. Thankfully though, Veronica and Betty decide not to let the ab-covered redhead get between their budding friendship. Archie isn't too upset because he's too busy trying to cover up his relationship with the town pedophile, Ms Grundy. The two of them heard a gunshot the day Jason was killed, and he wants to report it. Ms Grundy, though, is a little more worried about going to jail for making beautiful music with her student. American rocker and living legend Alice Cooper has given up his music career and transformed into a perfect housewife that runs the local paper. She's determined to uncover any untoward activity in the town. So you can imagine her reaction when she discovers the relationship between Grundy and Archie in Betty's diary. She demands justice, but for some inexplicable reason everyone decides, including Archie's dad Fred, to let the young teacher leave town with no consequences. I guess Fred is too busy making out with Veronica's mum Hermione to be too upset about his son being a victim of sexual manipulation. He's in cahoots with Hermione now, although he doesn't know that her husband is behind the new construction job he's working on. I'm sure he won't mind when he finds out. Cheryl admits to being guilty of her brother's murder, but then quickly explains that what she really means is that she helped her brother with his plan to run away from home. You see, Jason got Betty's sister pregnant, and since his family consists of psychos, he thought it best that they raise the baby without any interference. When the Blossom parents find out Cheryl was conspiring with Jason, they shun her and refuse to let her speak at the memorial. But Cheryl is a badass and she speaks and everyone's jaw hits the ground because she looks fabulous and is an icon. Praise be to our new overlord, Cheryl Blossom. Sorry, I got sidetracked. Uh, Jughead's dad, FP, runs the Southside Serpents and is threatening Hermione because her hubby owes them money, I think. I don't really know because that storyline bored the shit out of me. FP is also angry at Fred because apparently they started the construction business together, but after FP was stealing, he was fired. How are you mad about that FP? I thought you'd have a better grip on reality considering how sticky your fingers are. He does eventually forgive his old BFF after Fred gives Jughead an alibi so that he isn't charged with Jason's murder. Betty and Jughead join forces to become super secret sleuths and investigate the murder, they discovered that Betty's dad, Hal, stole a bunch of evidence from the sheriff. Why? Well apparently he wanted to know what the police knew since Polly, or Hal, or any of the Coopers might have been suspects if it was ever discovered that Polly and Jason were in fact related. And the whole incest thing would look bad for everyone. Though I don't think anyone in town would care all that much, right? I mean it seems like most people in that town are at least vaguely related. And look, I never thought I'd say this. But if a little bit of incest is all it takes to create a Cheryl Blossom, I think I'm okay with that. Meanwhile, Veronica's dad could be released, but Veronica won't testify on his behalf to make it happen. That is until Hiram threatens Hermione to force Veronica to talk on his behalf. She does, and he is freed. This makes V very mad. But I don't know how to feel about it, because at this point everyone's parents are so terrible that I'm just like, how bad can he be? The more the merrier, you know? Betty and Archie search FP's trailer after they begin to suspect that he had something to do with Jason's murder. They don't find anything, but five minutes later, the police do the same thing and discover a gun. It looks like FP is being set up for the crime. The gang keep on sleuthing and they discover a floppy disk with some pretty disturbing footage on it. Turns out Papa Blossom was a big time drug lord and he shot his son in the face. And no, it wasn't because he couldn't stand looking at those incredibly dark eyebrows on someone with red hair. It was to stop him from telling the world that their maple syrup business was dealing out more than just sugar highs. Cheryl is pretty upset by this, so she tries to drown herself. The only problem is that she's the messiah and can only walk on water. Instead, she decides to burn down the family home and all of the weird, creepy memories it holds. Oh yeah, and Papa Blossom, you know, killed himself. So I guess that crime is solved. Um, the end.
1: Deep
3: dive. It's cool to know other people think about this stuff too.
2: I'm not really sure where to start
1: this spoiler discussion. Um, I feel like you, Do you want I, me to start. Yeah, I want I want you to lead the way, Damas. Go ahead.
2: All right. So it it occurred to me on this the second viewing of this season because. Look, I've watched a lot of Riverdale in the last sorry, week. Sorry, did you say the,
1: the second viewing of this season?
2: So, not only did I watch season one and season two, um, everything except the last, the very final episode, because it's not out yet, but I also re-watched the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that's just where I'm coming from at the moment. Well done. Thank you so much.
1: I'm very proud of you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's, it occurred to me on the second viewing, I was like, of course this is what an Archie comic is going to look like in 2018. It, may, it actually makes perfect sense and I don't know why I was so opposed to the idea when I first heard it. So if we had a teen show that actually followed the lives of some of, let's be honest, the most basic <laughs> and boring teenagers to have ever existed... How long would that show last in like today's TV landscape? I'm not sure a show like Dawson's Creek could even survive today. Everything needs murder and intrigue. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was once a time when the WB, which was then transformed into the CW, which makes Riverdale, decided to pick up the 7th Heaven pilot instead of the Buffy pilot. Because that is the world that we were once living in, right. which I think is hard for the kids to kind of wrap right. their head around. There's no
0: comparison. Yeah, I yeah. mean,
2: you look at like some kind of...
0: Seventh Heaven is the greatest show of all time. <laughs>
2: exactly. I mean, I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> um, my mum certainly <laughs> would agree on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, like when I look at ABC Family, which, you know, it, it's a network similar somewhat to the, the CW, a younger audience it kind of aims for. Um, but it's a network owned by Disney and should be kind of the place where, you know, good Christian parents, you know, sit down their kids and watch some family content. Except its biggest success and a show that defined the network in a lot of ways when it was first starting up is PLL, Pretty Little Liars. And oh. that was a show about four teenagers, you know, after the disappearance and murder of their best friend are tormented for years by a psychopath. Like that is what we consider family viewing now so of course Archie the all-american guy and his all-american friends this is what that product would then turn into into 2018 Mm. it makes so much sense but for some reason I was like that doesn't make sense at all when I first sat down I think
1: the cynical part of you that and certainly mine as well is like they're just trying to find some way to make a known property relevant it's that whole like exactly fan base. yeah Yeah. so you come into it going oh this could why does this need to be archie if you're going to make it dark why not make something original Mm -hmm. which i think there's some truth to that as well because you could make this show and have all the characters name something different and you would never go oh this is just archie oh my god one of my
2: points for like this show was that have they just made a dark archie adaptation because they couldn't get the rights to scooby-doo because it's just a bunch of teenagers trying to solve a crime.
1: I mean, they even could deliberately allude to Scooby Doo. Like, twice they, they call they, it Scooby Gang. Scooby or gang, which is also a, a, a Buffy thing, thing, which
2: made me angry. But, but also, yeah. I
1: think at the end they talk about how uh, bu- they would have got away with it too if it wasn't for a bunch of <laughs>
2: those, pesky, those kids. pesky kids. Like mm. they
1: legitimately go there with that as well. Mm. You're probably right. though actually, I'd be more interested in a Scooby Doo one because at least Scooby Doo already had a dark element to it because they were, you know, tracking down monsters and, it you was know. like,
2: ghosts and shit yeah, happening. Yeah. It,
1: there was always a supernatural dark element to that. Yeah. Whereas Archie never, well, until recently, never had that element to it. It's wholesome fun. But I guess yeah. that's part of the appeal, too. It's, like, take something that's wholesome and fun and... And twist it. See, that's the thing about the Sabrina one. The Sabrina one interests me a little bit more because mm. the idea of like the peppy teenage witch, the one from the sitcom mainly that we know. I rather hated than the that show growing up, but yeah. Well, oh. I, I quite enjoyed it when it I was, was growing fabulous. up. Yeah, I loved it. Mm. But again, from a simpler I time. I talking cat. Exactly. I, what I, more hated, did you want?
2: I hated the talking cat.
1: Salem. I found him
2: so obnoxious. Laugh and track not and everything. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> no nah, I didn't appreciate it. Some of the it.
1: casting, I go, I'll check it out in a second. The casting for the for Hilda and Zelda is really good as well in that. Mm-hmm. And the I think it's um don't know the actress's name. She plays Don Draper's daughter in Mad Men. She's playing Sabrina. We haven't seen Mad Men, that's why we don't know. But my brother <laughs> was <haven't>. my <laughs> brother was very excited when I told him that. Um That show interests me a little bit more mainly because it's like it already has that again, that dark element theoretically to it because you're dealing with the dark arts. Mm. Mm. Could go that Buffy route with it, Mm. which to see if it does cross Uh, over with you. I'm
0: looking forward to seeing what they do with it.
1: Curious enough to check it out when it comes out. Definitely, it
2: actually, like, in because of my team drama knowledge, Mm -hmm. um, because PLL was like this straight on, like, you know, something CD's going on, these. Poor girls are being tormented by a psychopath. And then they had a spin off. Um, I think it was called Ravenwood. And that mm. had like a supernatural element to it. And it didn't work. So it would be, yeah, I'd be interested to see how people feel about taking the elements of Riverdale. Mm. And if then Sabrina works in the same universe, how they will respond to a supernatural element. Because mm. sometimes, like, you can be taken. To a certain point, but as soon as like supernatural stuff comes into it, people are like, oh, I could never believe that, even though you're believing the most absurd stuff already. Yeah. So it, I'll be interested to see the response to that.
1: The casting of the arts in mm-hmm. Sabrina, mm-hmm. Lucy Davis is playing Hilda, Lucy Davis being Dawn from the original Office, and she was also <gasps> in Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Was great in that,
2: stop it. And Zelda, really? yeah, I'm really. in. I'm in. You got you sold me. And <laughs> Zelda, the mm. other
1: sister, the more serious one of the two, at least in the in the sitcom, is being played, played by Miranda Otto. So, oh. you know, <gasps> okay. decent casting. Oh, yeah, yeah, pretty good. Wow, okay,
2: I'm in. I'm, yeah. Yeah. You've actually sold me. There you yep. go. There you go.
1: Uh, anything else to mask you want to talk about specifically? Because I'm gonna be honest, minor old. I, I, the thing is, there's not a lot of depth to this show. There's not How
3: a whole, you? Well, prove
1: me wrong. About? I need you prove be wrong because I've got some general things to like. Go, oh, I like this and isn't this? And All this right, interesting, you give but, me
2: your general thingies and okay. I'll riff. I'll riff off it.
1: Okay, I did appreciate that they early on they were establishing what the show was. They didn't muck around with it. Mm-hmm. They were like, oh yeah, this is going to be like that the opening bit about the twins going out onto the water and like the <laughs> the murder and the intrigue oh, and the, the over-dramatization the blossoms mm. um i think you've got something to say about the blossoms in particular. at least one of them in a moment
2: i don't have anything to say i've got to burn it a show but yeah go
1: on <laughs> but also um the the, the very Twin peaks in vibe to mm-hmm. it, I was on board with pretty quickly. Hence
2: why Betty's mom is played by Madchen <laughs>
1: Played by Amick, I believe her name is. like that, yeah. She plays Alice Cooper, correct. Which it took me a while to recognize who she was. I was like, oh, you're familiar to me. And then I went back and looked at the cast and went, oh my God, you're... Whatever her name is from Twin Peaks, I know it that there's well. There's a
2: reason she's there. Yep. Right,
1: makes a lot of sense, right? Then I started looking at the entire adult cast, and it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. I had no idea, because A, I never watched the show, but that's fucking Luke Perry.
2: Yeah, mm. and almost, I'm sorry. As Fred Andrews. Wait, rewind. When watching the show, you didn't immediately go, oh my God, there's Luke Perry? No,
1: because I haven't seen Luke Perry since he was completely shaved face, very young 90210 days. Like, I haven't thought about him in 20 years at least. Right. And so I didn't recognize him at all. But then as soon as I saw him, I was like, holy fucking shit. That's incredibly interesting casting. That also goes with Skeet Ulrich, who plays LP Jones, mm-hmm. who is famous mainly for his role as, I won't say, as a character in Scream, which he's very good in as well. Um, and then Molly fucking Ringwald shows up in this Archie's show as well. As Archie's mama. mama. Which I going to say, she had nothing to do except show up and be mm. Molly Ringwald for a couple episodes. Um, but when she walked in and was like, who the fuck is... Veronica's that going to be? Matthew Broderick? <laughs> John Cusack? Fucking Johnny Depp? Which teen heartthrob is that going to be?
2: I was hoping it would just be like Winona Ryder <laughs> that,
1: would a be, that would be awesome. I'd be so
2: down for <gasps> that.
1: That would be so good. Should have been.
2: It should have been. Oh, I missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Oh, well.
1: But I was very... Like, oh, that casting, I thought, was really, again, deliberately... Uh, uh, understanding what it was. Yeah, and, I was
2: saying to you know. Joe earlier tonight, before you got here, um, how it's been interesting for me, someone who now I'm on the cusp of 30, continuing to watch team shows in kind of an embarrassing way. But as I watch them, all of the parents are being, you know, cast with people that I watched in my teen shows. Like, Pretty Little Liars, one of the mums, is played by Holly Marie Combs, who plays Piper in Charmed. Like, right. it's just yeah, like, yeah. oh, fuck, I'm getting old, man. Same yeah. with, like, Luke Perry, same with, Mor- like, Molly Ringwald. Um, yeah. I'm going to yeah. continue uh. to say it with <laughs> a weird voice because I don't know how to say it, and I'm so sorry. Um, Yeah, it's certainly an interesting casting choice, but I think it's perfect... One, well, not only for like getting your older audience in, be like, Oh, mm. memories, it works. But also I think it's kind of cool for like kids to IMDB shit and realise that people are coming from a different background as well. Yeah.
1: Definitely. It just occurred to me something we should just talk about is it's hard to again, it's hard to talk about the plot, but let's we'll, we'll approach this in a couple of ways. Uh, Why is
2: it hard to talk about the plot? I I just don't Because it's incredibly confusing And I don't even remember it And I've watched it twice Sure
1: (laughs) There's the murder mystery obviously Uh Which is the 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 beating heart Of the Well not the beating heart The the through line of the show Is it's centred around Jason Blossom Mysteriously has Disappeared And Mm -hmm. been killed Who (laughs) done it Let's just talk. Let's not talk about the relationship side of things for a second. Let's talk about okay. that storyline and that mystery. How do we feel about that specifically? How do we feel about its conclusion as to it being Mr. Blossom? I can't remember his name being the murderer at the end of the day and why he killed him as well.
2: Okay, how do you feel about that, Joe?
0: I I thought it was a fascinating study <laughs> of the uh, the maple syrup industry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how any of them could could deliver all that dialogue about the importance of the maple syrup, the maple syrup founding the town and their fortune <laughs> in the because of maple. Look, how, every time they do it
2: One of my notes is this show is insane. Much of the drama involves around (laughs) a (laughs) multi-generational feud over maple syrup, which is so beautiful. It's so rich, much like the maple syrup that they're talking about. It is fan I love it. I love the fact that it is about... Maple fucking syrup. See, that's so that,
0: good. That, I, I it completely lost me when that. Now nah, that's my,
2: th- the juicy bit for me.
1: One of my favorite moments was when we found out that um, the Coopers mm. were an off branch yeah. of the Blossoms. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, oh my God, they're related. And then someone says to someone along the line, it's like, they're like fucking third cousins. It's yeah. like, yeah. does it even it matter, really? Even matter. Does it really yeah. matter in this town? <laughs> I just it's loved
2: like- when the Coopers go to. Thornhill to recover Polly. Thornhill. What a great name. Thornhill. Fantastic. Mm. Um, Blossoms, roses, thorns. Love it. Very good. Cheryl Um,
1: sounds like cherry, you know. Interesting mm, as well.
2: Cherry bombshell. Um, Sorry, you got me distracted. Stop! Don't don't mention Cheryl Blossom when in the middle of a thought because I will just go blank. So when (laughs) the Coopers go to Thornhill... And they are talking about the fact that their children have created this child through incest. And the Blossoms are all like, it's cool. That'll be the most blossomy child in the world. Very Lannister, isn't it? And Mm -hmm. I can't remember if it's Hal or Alice, but they're just like, what is wrong with you people? Which I laughed for about three hours about because it's like... Legitimately, what is wrong with you people? <laughs> <laughs> it is so dramatic and so beautiful. Because, like incest
1: wow. is really in in TV, it really TV these days. Yeah. Like it's, a, it's often. Mm. A I mean, places. I mentioned
2: in my story time, look, if, you know, a little bit of incest results in a Cheryl Blossom, I think uh, I'm okay uh, with it.
3: <laughs> I, re- I think I'm comfortable <laughs>
2: with it. It's fine. I get it. I get it. It makes sense.
1: Do we... Do, I don't know. I am I was personally disappointed that there wasn't more twisty, turny ending than Jason's dad killed him because mm-hmm. he didn't want to be a part of the family business. Mm. I was like, that's a pretty lame ending. I was really sold on it actually being Alice Cooper who did it. I thought she had a fair amount of motive and I thought mm-hmm. she had the opportunity as well. So when it wasn't her, and she showed that she had that like dark side to her when she mm. threw the brick through the window. I was yeah. really banking on it being her. And when it wasn't, I was a little bit... Oh, that's lame. Because Betty has the darkness in her too.
2: That's where it should... Oh,
1: anyway. I yeah.
2: think there is a lot more to explore in Alice Cooper. Yeah. Um. So, I think getting rid of that... Are you cap- trying
1: to make me watch season two, mass- Yeah, I am. <laughs> oh, wow. So, I
2: think... <laughs> And you'll hate it just as much as you hate this season. But right. that's not the point. Um, I think there's much more to explore there. And I think with a show like this, much like Pretty Little Lies, is that you bank on making characters like Alice Cooper interesting and dynamic and giving enough to the audience to make them either suspect or be suspicious of or whatever yeah. it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can never give them up as the person cuz then they're gone. Like that's that's sure. just the way this show these shows kind of run. Mm. So I as the more that like the season went on and the more I was invested in Alice Cooper I realized oh you can't be the one. They can't send you to jail for murder. Mm. I, I, I get what you're saying that it might I was have been... really
1: hoping it would be because I thought it'd be great for Betty Cooper's family to be broken up you know like it'd be good for that character to be in that situation to Betty be in the bro- yeah, for yeah, Betty, yeah for Betty for yeah. Betty to be in the broken home after that yeah. find out her mum and who is struggling with the darkness in her to find out her mum's a fucking murderer would have been a cool place for that character to go so I was really banking on that happening and when it didn't, it was just Jason's dad who I couldn't give a shit about
3: yeah I was like yeah. that's
1: a disappointment. It's pretty disappointing. but I, I do think two. it also
0: puts gives Cheryl an interesting.
1: Well, the go. thing they did mention, I can't believe I remember any of this. Mm. The thing they did mention was a um, uh, talk between LP and her outside after the party. And he L- mentioned. Who's LP? Uh, L- what's his name? Um, KP. Uh, is that his name? KP? No, no, no. LP no. Jones. L- Jughead's dad. Jughead's dad, LP.
2: It's not LP. Yeah, it
1: is. It's LP Jones. Pretty sure. No. You're LP. FP. 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 Thank you. <laughs> I don't care. Your show how, shows how much I was paying attention. <laughs> F.P. I was like, her? Mm. F.P. Jones. Thank you. Mm. Uh, where they're talking outside the party and he says something about how a snake doesn't so easily shed skin. I was like, mm. oh, you were a serpent at one stage. Yes, mm. she
2: was.
1: Oh, so I was like, that's interesting. And then it didn't fucking go there. I was like, oh, what's the point? Mm. What a waste. But it's but now like, you're telling me it's up for season two. And now I'd-
2: but like, that's, I mean, that's the thing about, particularly teen dramas in America, is that, like, they are so long-winded. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they will bring something up that probably won't be dealt with yeah. until, like, three seasons later. Like, that's right. just Dangle that's the just thread. the nature of the beast. And I understand, like, the frustration with that. And if you're not down uh, for um, the it journey... It wasn't a
1: real thing, frustration. It was more just, I just thought the... the- I don't know. It, for a show that was trying to be so twisty and turny, to make it the least interesting person that was the murderer mm-hmm. was just like, oh, that's a shame. There was there was mm. a, there was so many better characters for that. If, even if it was FP, yeah. Like
2: I think like, and I, while well, I can understand what you're saying, I think it's it wasn't really about who did it. It was about the, the suspicion. The yeah, the suspicion sure. that surrounded the town that caused people to act in ways that either. Was or was not within their character. I think sure. that's more of the journey than mm. who did it. Yeah.
1: Sure. Let's talk a little about our feels then. <laughs> what do we think about? Let's go through the characters. Just mm-hmm. who? What do we feel about them? Do we like who they're sort of? What they're doing? Who they're with? Who do we ship? Who do we not ship? You <laughs> may as that's well. What well we that's have what the to show is. The it's,
2: conversation. It has to sharing.
1: be. That's what the show is. I'm that's down what for it, it is. Oh, I am down. Uh, what about Archie? Boring, the least interesting part of the show, without a doubt. Boring, but hot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: As, I mean, Joe, unfortunately you're in a room with two people that don't find men attractive. So you're probably going to have to carry this conversation a bit more. Please, I'm
1: glad there's that perspective in this room. That's (laughs) good.
2: (laughs) See, I find Archie not only boring, (laughs) but dumb.
1: Yeah, I just and got I, angry with him a couple of times. Yeah, I think we
2: yeah. can all agree that he's the dullest part of the show. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think a great example of that is, ep- I think, episode five, maybe six, in which Archie is fretting. Oh, gosh, is he fretting about <laughs> performing for the talent show? Yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> Betty and Jughead are busy, you know, they're going to the sheriff because they have discovered evidence Yeah. In a murder investigation. It makes me go, fuck off, Archie. You're nothing. You're nothing to the plot. I don't need you. Mm. But I guess eye candy for some. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that, Joe?
0: Absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's definitely ripped. I'll give him that.
2: <laughs> also, a <laughs> New Zealander.
1: <laughs> which... New Zealand? Everyone's telling me he's Australian. I didn't look no, into no, it. No, no, very... no. Which
2: I didn't realize and I was like I said, watching about 70 hours of Riverdale in, on my TV. My housemate came in, who is a New Zealander, and he's like, oh, Archie, he's a Kiwi. I was like, really? Because I, I think he does a pretty good accent.
1: I, I, didn't, I didn't notice. Yeah. There you go. I wouldn't have cared. <laughs> uh, I mean,
2: no one cares unless you're a New Zealander. But then, there it is. There it <laughs> is. If he
1: was Australian, that would have been people of oh, Then the it would thing. have
2: been a sense of national pride. Absolutely. Yeah, totally.
1: oh, of course, mm. yeah. Um. What about well his big relationships? There's obviously there's Betty who loves him at the start, and it's the unrequited love that they then thank fuck. They I was at the end when they were sort of make it seem like that he was actually into Betty at the end, and he was like gonna fuck over Veronica. I was like, you're a piece of shit already, Archie. Don't 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 make me want to punch you in the face. No, why?
2: Okay, why do you think he's bit shit already?
1: Oh, just the no. I just didn't like him. He's just boring. Right, but then but then well that and oh no. Well, no, I just mean boring was the main thing. Yeah. But then he was being gonna turn to a piece of shit at the end. I was like, mm. Don't do that. Uh then he gets matched up with Val. Val. I like Val. I was kind of Val I, is
2: way too interesting for Archie though. That's the problem, yeah. right?
1: It was like and, and she
2: realizes that and she leaves him, which is fucking great. She's yeah, but, like, Yeah, no, you you're shit, actually.
1: But, but Val gets short shrifted. Like we're getting to know yep. her a little bit and then they're like, and Oh we, we need to get rid of Val because he needs to end up with Veronica. Veronica. Mm. So goodbye Val. And Val disappears into the background and never says another word for the entire <laughs> yeah. series. Mm. I was like, that's disappointing. Mm. Poor Val. You were yeah, never I mean, a real like, person.
2: When Val and Archie were together, I was like, oh, maybe there's something interesting about Archie. And then she was like, no, actually, Archie, you're shit. And yeah. she left. And then he made, like remained. And I was like... Can we just maybe have Val remain? Like it, yes. it was just
1: I was much wanted more yeah. wanted more Val and less Archie. I would have been yeah, very happy with Totally. That. And then ultimately, Archie ends up with Veronica. Mm. How do we feel about Veronica as a character? And then they're pairing up.
2: Can we go sorry, can we go back a little bit to before Val? Can we talk about Miss Grundy? Oh, I forgot for about that.
1: Holy shit. That's that was actually the point where I was like, oh, this show knows what it is when there's fucking Mm. teens fucking their teachers. Like, can I, I just want to point out there as well. I just want to remind everybody. I had to remind myself this multiple times. Everybody in this show, all the kids are 15 years fucking old. Mm-hmm. It's so it's so ridiculous that these are 15-year-olds. Yeah. It's yeah <laughs> the, the, not just that their bodies are not like 15-year-olds, the sexuality involved in so much mm. of the way they dress and the way they act and the way it's like... Fuck me. The way they that's have sex
2: what... is not how 15-year-olds <laughs> no, have no. sex.
1: <laughs> Guarantee you that's nothing like that. They
2: how... are so confident in their <laughs> sexual expression. <laughs>
1: totally. That is
2: that of a 30-year-old. But
1: I couldn't get over how the parents were totally happy with what they were wearing when they're on stage. Like the Josie and the Pussycats and what they're wearing and stuff like that, or the cheerleaders. Yeah. And the parents are like,
2: whoa, yeah, I go mean with her sp- dad, Josie's dad <laughs> is against, you know, pop, but fine with her <laughs> wearing a skim a little outfit. Mm.
1: Ridiculous. Um, Sorry, you want to go back to... Yeah, Miss Grundy. What do you think of that (sighs) storyline?
2: So, we come back to the teacher thing. And like I said, I've I've watched a lot of teen dramas. I've seen this many a time. um, And I... I don't know why they do it. Why does this have to be a story in every fucking teen show?
1: Because it's a it's a teen fantasy. Teen fantasy.
2: But mm. they never come to the correct conclusion. Sure, you can explore that fantasy, but come to the correct conclusion, which is the adult in that situation is a fucking predator. Like yeah. I don't care like how much of a connection like you might have. Like that is such a disparity between power, that it is so inappropriate and they very rarely attack that issue properly. Like when I was watching mm. Pretty Little Liars, they really dug themselves in a hole in which like they had a similar situation, teenager and a an adult embarking in a relationship that then, because the fans love it, becomes like an OTP. They have to well, honour that. I know
1: what OTP means, by the way.
2: One true pairing. So like, <laughs> it's like it's it's a ship that you like ride sure. or die with. Sure. Um,
1: End game. End game pairing. End game. Yeah, totally. Sure, totally yep. That's
2: exactly what it means. Yep. Um, and so they had to like continue it, and it's so fucking awful. Like it's like this is not a message we should be sending to kids that that kind of relationship is in any way mm. mutual or respectful or appropriate. And they do it in like almost mm. every single teen show and it continues to happen. And I am so confused as to why it's happening.
1: It's, um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I think, I, can I just take that for a second? I've got two thoughts on this. Going back to like, we're talking about how the sexualized these 15 year olds are and then the, what the clothes they're wearing and stuff like that. Mm. Do you think there's a there's a responsibility there that 15-year-olds are already trying to rebel and are trying to push the limits. So when they see this sort of people that are meant to be their age like this mm. and parents are saying, no, you can't wear that, and they're being told by the media that, that, yeah, it's fine, these cool kids that I'm meant to relate to do behave this way, that there's an irresponsibility there on show, on the behalf of the show to project that image of what being 15 should be like in terms of, super sexy and like you know leaning into the adult side of their of their journey more than they they are as children like the
2: yeah i mean i th- i think skins the uk show is an interesting look at that particularly when we are looking at the first two seasons and while they are age appropriate actors yeah. i think they also have that aspect of you're on the cusp of being you know you're you're certainly not a child anymore but you don't have the understanding of sexual or social dynamics that you might need to navigate the situations that you're putting yourself in yep um so it creates a really complex character and storyline within that, which I think is really interesting. Sk-
1: skins, I would argue, that's the, what's beautiful about it, is mm. that it yeah. does make sure Absolutely. it puts it through I a real-life filter to some of as well. I think
2: why those first two seasons particularly um, resonated so much with people who were our age, like yeah. they were the age of the people yeah. uh, that we were when we were growing up. Um, it totally reflected, I think whether not entirely depending on how you socialise but certainly emotionally with what we were going through, which American shows from what I've seen have not done. No. Um, Yeah, no, I I think think there is such an element of fantasy to – I mean this is a soap, you know what I mean? Like this is absolutely a soap whether or not teens are able to differentiate – between what they're watching on TV in a soap and what they then should be projecting or emulating themselves, I'm not sure. Like, mm. yeah, I, I, but I mean, that's American television. Like, it, like American television is so steeped in fantasy mm. that is so removed from what we see. Particularly, I think in British television. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know.
1: Um, so coming back to the Miss Grundy thing, I think it's interesting because mm. I think the show ultimately does make her the villain and does suggest that she is the one in the wrong. But I understand that it's not very mm. overt about it. Like, they like they. make they do, I thought they did a good job making her seem like the Predator when they, A, had her manipulating Archie, like, mm. you know, making him say, t- giving him all these reasons, or I'm just thinking back to the start of the season now, but I think she, like, agrees to do more music lessons at one stage on the proviso mm-hmm. that he doesn't go to the cops and those sorts of things. It really yeah. manipulates the situation. And then... At the very end, her last shot, I think, is the most important is one. It's like
2: the lolita glasses looking at the boys. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And I was like, right. so they definitely leave on that idea that she is a predator.
2: Yeah. I get what you're saying and I and I totally agree with those points. Isn't However, it? the final scene, the confrontation scene in which the parents have discovered what, have, what has happened, yeah. we have... Alice Cooper coming in, and the way that scene is written is as though Alice Cooper is the bad guy because they have written her this scene as her persecuting Archie unjustly. Yeah. Whereas the focus yeah. should be on the fact that this woman, Ms. Grundy, has sexually manipulated this young teenage boy. Yeah. Like that is what's happening.
1: Remind me what the resolution is to that. Doesn't Betty threaten something fucking crazy to stop this from going to the press? She's like, if you put it to the press, I'll say it was all a lie or something like that, or something
2: like that. She does some whole thing, but they like they yeah they do skew Miss Grandy to be like kind of the compromiser and be like, oh well, I'll just leave. And it's like, well, no, you should go fucking jail yeah. like you have committed <laughs> statutory rape yeah. you're a fucking monster like who cares whether alice cooper has a grudge against archie you know what i mean like it, it's 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 so mm. odd and there's that that there's is her the whole conc-
0: backstory about her abusive abusive ex yeah boyfriend or husband or which whatever.
1: may or may not be true yeah, and it's, hard to know when you us be honest
2: seems like total bullshit mm. but yeah so we so we have that scene with Alice Cooper and then we have the ramifications of like okay so Miss Grundy has left immediately the next episode afterwards is we I think we have the kids on the bleachers and Veronica and I think even Betty are like kind of jovially mentioning the fact that you know Miss Grundy and him had a thing and then Kevin gets involved he's like oh what what's going on as though that would not have (laughs) you know, mm. ongoing ramifications <laughs> for someone like Archie for a long, for a long period time. of time. he came up
1: at the uh, party as well when they were doing the Secrets game. And yeah. um, I can't remember the guy's name is, the Chuck.
2: Reggie or something. I think it was
1: Chuck. Oh, it was is Chuck. like, okay. oh my God, you was banging the toot Like, mm. well done, you sort of thing. Yeah. He, he, yeah. Chuck I mean, was an easy character. As though it's
2: not like a predatory behavior that has serious consequences yeah, to the people that the are being the, predated on. Feeds yeah. into
1: the fantasy from the teenage point of view of being with the teacher or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, do you think there's any chance that they're setting Miss Grundy up to return? And I can't comment on that because I've watched oh, season two. I'll take that as a yes. Uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, no, take that as a very serious maybe. You'll cool. Yeah. I'll see. <laughs> um, he won't see. What are, yeah, we, what are we kidding? We'll see. We'll see. He's going to watch it the
2: moment <laughs> he gets home.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry. So we were talking about Archie. Do we ever get around to talking about... No, we were talking about Miss Grunty. Was there anything else about that or should we move on to Veronica?
2: No, I think that's all I wanted to say about...
1: So what do we feel about Veronica and her role in the series? What do we think about her as a character? Her pairing with Archie? Joe? Uh, <laughs>
2: that's perfect. Yeah. 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 You said it all. Thank you. The <laughs>
0: My work here is done.
2: She's fine. She's fine. You know, I no, agree. She's... I think, like, my section of notes, like, for Archie was very short until I started writing about Miss Grundy. Mm-hmm. Uh, my section about Veronica was also very short. I was like, she's smart, she's capable and well-intentioned. And that's, like, kind of all I had for her. I mean...
1: She's the most quippy of everybody in the show. She's got, like... oh, Except for maybe Cheryl sometimes. Mm. Th- those two...
2: Mm. Those mm.
1: two are the best at doing, like, the very wednesque uh dialogue. Yeah. They've always got, like, a reference to something pop culture mm-hmm. or... Mm-hmm. Um, I found there was a bit that I, I found amazing uh, where Veronica was talking about having to decide between going to like the variety girl like after party or an Elton John thing. I'm like, you're 15. Why would you ever have oh, to be choose between those Vanity
2: things? It was the Vanity, Vanity
1: Flare party, and Elton
2: John after party after the Oscars. Yeah,
1: okay, just little, just Vanity Flare, right? Mm-hmm. Can we just talk about just another little detail? I love an American show.
2: excess. Cards? American
1: Access cards, mm-hmm. yes. I mm-hmm. thought that was a quip rather than actually. So
2: did I, and they repeated, and then they repeated it. I was it. like, oh, yeah. it's, it's actually it's a thing. universe thing. Yeah. yeah,
1: I love how they use the verb googling, but they always use sleuth dot com to Google things. <laughs> like they talk about googling something, but Google's not real. It's mm-hmm. not. Everyone uses that specific search engine for yeah. want be pis. But anyway, um, yeah, Veronica <laughs> was. Oh yeah, she exactly all those things you said about her, and yeah. it's like cool, great. And so they set her up with yeah. Archie because she's super sexy, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, is they're she both though? they're both attractive, so they deserve to be together.
2: They what are as attractive as I don't know vanilla ice cream and a bit of chocolate topping. She, she's like double chocolate.
1: She's Betty is the classic vanilla. Mm. I wrote in specifically they were doing because I thought it was like that was cute. You know, I also like the whole idea of like old Betty. Oh no, sorry, old yeah. Old Betty. There was a bit where Betty did something. She's like, Oh, it was like old Betty when she was all fawning over somebody. I was like, Like Betty from the comics would be mm-hmm. old Betty. Yeah, yeah, yeah
2: like,
3: right.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't care enough about this character. There's no point talking about them. Uh, <laughs> Let's
2: talk about the characters we like, please. Cool.
1: Betty. I
0: like yeah, Betty. Yeah, I
2: like. Too. I, I, like really? so a, much. I don't. Oh, Joe doesn't like Betty. What, what's up with that?
0: I find her nosy and annoying. <laughs>
2: and
1: yeah. No, I think you're right. I think, I honestly think my interest
0: I in mean, Betty. I mean,
2: someone's been murdered, she's allowed to be nosy, <laughs> right? Who <laughs> here, here comes out, Joe hates women? I get it.
1: I it's get me, it's it. True. Yeah, it's it's glad true. That's not me for once. <laughs> the, I, 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 like, it's, yeah, it's hard to look past the fact that I just think she's cute. And like, there's a part of my dumb lizard male brain that, when she gets all teary-eyed, that doesn't want to like just protect her and look after her. It's
2: not about that. I'm sorry. It's not about that. It is. Okay. It no. Definitely it's, is. Maybe for you, but that's <laughs> for no. Me. I know. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not down for Betty just being another next door girl. you next door. Thank you, girl next door thing. <laughs> that's not who she is. I think she is probably one it's of the, the most appeal, interesting characters on the show. And at first I thought her girl next door shtick would be either grating or tedious, because I don't have time for that at all. I'm not down for those kind of characters. Mm,
0: that that's just how I saw it for the no, whole time.
2: well, you're wrong, Joe. So let me let me teach you. <laughs> let me teach you. Please, thank you. But this show gives her so much to do. Oh, yeah. And so much. Agency that it's pretty fun to watch this legitimate Nancy Drew do her thing. Like she has, like I said, so much agency. She is solving a murder pretty much by her fucking self. Mm-hmm. She clearly has some weird anger issues, which I'm down to explore. <laughs> I, I love Betty. I think she's great and I was so ready to dislike her, but I didn't. I think she's fabulous. I
1: love her. No, I I'm, I agree. It is great. They give her heaps to do. Mm-hmm. Veronica seems to be constantly trapped in this like drama between her mom and her dad and where her loyalties lie and is he a bad mm-hmm. guy and she'll be protecting him and like it's tedious pretty quickly. Okay, he's a bad guy. He's just a bad guy. Just deal with it. Just yeah. a bad guy. Just deal with it. Archie is just as I love triangles or yeah, <laughs> yep. Snoozeville basically. You're right. Betty is driving the plot, particularly mm-hmm. the murder mystery stuff and we got to enjoy that that she's very capable with that sort of thing. Um... And she's cute and she's really good at just getting the watery eyes (laughs) that works on me every time. No, but, like,
2: she's an adventurer. Like, she wants to know what is the truth. And she isn't like Veronica where she's like, oh, I'm not sure. I don't know. Betty is like, I don't know. I'm going to fucking find out. I'm going to dedicate the time. I'm going to put myself in danger. I'm going to uncover everything I can possibly uncover just so I know. It's more important to know than to be safe, and I fucking love that about Betty.
1: You've thought about this way more than I have. The, <laughs> <laughs> Me too. The um, yeah, I, I like the actress as well. I don't even know her name, but the performance is. She's just she's good in it. She's just mm. charismatic, and I don't know. She's really watchable, yeah. which is great as well. Um,
2: I think I was I was genuinely so surprised at how much I liked her because she is set up to be that character that...
1: Especially in episode I, one. That
2: I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That I genuinely would dislike. The yep. one that only cares about the boy that likes her. About, you know, she doesn't mm. want to be too perfect. She's the girl next door. She feels bad. Blah, blah, blah. Like, boring shit that I don't care yeah. about because I'm not a straight white woman. Like, I don't care about that shit. But she has... She's so curious Mm. and she is so determined that i can't help but like have respect for the character
1: so how do you feel about her pairing up with jughead
2: I think they are a great pairing, much mm-hmm. like the uh, Joey and Pacey pairing. Um, I think they complement each other really well. I don't think her pairing up with Jughead is a hindrance to her independence or her intelligence, Well, no, which if is anything, often a they problem sort of, um, in teen boost each other in that. Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely, which yeah. I think like, he kind of is a – I think this goes both ways. That like they for each other are a steadying force, being mm. like
0: they bring out the best in each other. Absolutely. Mm. Oh, I
2: ship it hard. That what's it called? Mm. Oh no, I've forgotten the ship name. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Tumblr <laughs> friends. Oh God, I'm I'm so old. J-
1: Juggy, no, Juggy's his nickname. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, I've Bearhead. lost it. <laughs> bedhead. Oh, I think it's something similar Bearhead to that. Bedhead would make sense. Yeah. I like bedhead.
2: Yep. I actually think the ship name they've got is worse than Bedhead, but it should be Bedhead. Bedhead is good. Anyway, (laughs) I think they, yeah, like they invigorate each other, they inspire each other, they... Respect one another, which is not something that always happens in a teen show. No, I I like them together. I think it, it works for me, yeah, and I enjoy it when for they. Me too. It was
1: my one in honestly in the right. entire show was yeah. the Betty Jughead stuff. It was the one bit that I kept going. Oh, th- oh this is stupid. Why do I care about this bit for some reason? Mm. And possibly again, it probably doesn't help. You know, straight white male, cute girl. This is the outside loner guy (laughs) who's not a jock never going to be, you know, into his movies and stuff like that. It's like, it's hard not to look at that and go, the one character I actually relate to in this entire show. That's me. Yeah. So that Mm. helped as well. What do you think about Jughead then as just a character in general and how they went with Jughead? I know he's getting a lot of flack on Twitter at the moment for like... There was something coming up today. It's weird how once you watch the show, you realise everyone's talking about it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And they were talking about his whole thing about like, I'm weird. I'm a weirdo. I want to, I don't want to fit in. And like everyone rolls their eyes at that whole sentiment.
2: Mm. I think, I mean, it depends on what version of Jughead you're talking about because I think it's coming from a different place depending on what episode you're watching. There's
1: an inconsistency there.
2: Not an inconsistency. I think there's a a deeper understanding depending on where you're kind of attacking it from. Um,
1: Do you mean as we learn more about FP and like his FP back and background his background
2: and-, and how he sees the world, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I first started watching it, I mean, in my story time section, I said, you know, Jughead doesn't have a lot of time for socializing because he's too busy writing Veronica Mars fan fiction. Like, that's what it seemed to me was it was like this mm. kind of noir fan fiction yeah. that was like this teenager taking himself way too seriously. Yeah. Can I say
1: as well, for as little as the noir bit is, it's just like the opening and ending mm. of the episodes mainly, it was doing a better job than Jessica Jones is doing. And that is, that's like Jessica Jones should season look- Season two, you mean? Season two in particular- Look it's at not this.
2: doing better than season one. Don't even fucking go I there. I haven't rewatched really season I'll one, fight but you. I'll I've fight only
1: you. recently watched season two, and it really let me down. The noir department, mm-hmm. yeah. at least Jughead's little voiceovers, is sort of, um, as sort of obvious or non-subtle as they were at times. Also, I thought there was effort put into them, and they actually worked most of the time. I I just like that element. I thought it was good. Mm-hmm.
2: I eventually got there, but I wasn't there. You eventually got Yeah, but, I, oh, um, I but think it's I hard to take a teenager seriously, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it, it genuinely is when they're like, you know, everything's so deep. I feel everything so richly.
1: It's <sighs> always hard to hear about how someone's a good writer and then, like, everyone's marvelling over his writing and then you hear his writing and go, that's not very good at all. Yeah. Similar to Archie and his music, oh. there's a bit towards the end where Josie's like, oh, your son's getting better all the time. And it's like, they <laughs> play his song... <laughs> And it's the worst song ever. It's like Josie, you are a liar. He's you're just like liar. Ed
2: Sheeran with abs. Like that's that's all he is. <laughs> yeah, which
1: is probably not a bad marketing point. Like no, Ed I, I, with I abs it's clearly
2: with... working for them. <laughs> yeah. I think that's exactly what they were aiming for. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I I I grew to really really enjoy Jughead yep. and his position in the show, but I did not begin there. I was like, you are a fucking wanker. Any
1: thoughts on Cheryl? Oh, non Cheryl and Jughead? I was thinking ahead, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I, yeah, I found it pretty cliche to begin with, but then mm. as the series went on, there's more to relate to. Yes. Uh, pretty, I think
2: he becomes more of a person. Yeah, he's as pretty two dimensional, as yeah. be- at the beginning of the yeah, series. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah.
1: Um, they all start pretty two dimensional. It's a question of which ones escape two dimensionality. There was yeah. at one
2: point where Jughead goes to a funeral wearing that fucking beanie, and I think I tweeted this. You I was did. like, "I don't care how iconic your character is, you cannot go to a funeral wearing a beanie. It's so disrespectful." And did you
1: notice it was a really big deal when he took it off though? Like that was a should have took big it off moment. at the
2: funeral. Yeah. Like it's so fucking ridiculous. You yeah. can't do that.
1: Damask. I'm sorry. Check the show. Does it really surprise you that much? Yes, it does. <laughs> sure. Yes,
2: it does.
1: It w- I would love it if it was like a really black beanie, like more black than usual. <laughs> but specifically just the funeral. Like for you
2: crocheted a special a super special black one. special funeral mm. <laughs> Actually, I would have really appreciated that.
1: That would be great. I'd
2: be like, oh, we thought about it. That's nice. Mm. Uh,
1: Joe, I want to know, are there any characters at all in the show that you really found yourself attached to or
2: relationships uh.
1: that you were shipping? People, couples you were shipping?
0: Not particularly. I, I know, you know who you
2: liked, Ooh. Kevin. Uh,
0: yeah, look, look, I had, I had a <laughs> and Joaquin. Sorry, and Joaquin. and Joaquin, Yeah, of course. Yeah, you know, almost my name. <laughs> that's
2: right. So close. Yeah.
0: Um. You know, I. I, I I'm bisexual, and so anytime time that there is an LGBT character, I'm always Rock drawn hard. to them. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Of that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but then also disappointed with Kevin because he's, he's just barely such, a character. He's, he's barely a character. <laughs> so cliche. give him so little to do. He's the gay best friend. Yes. That's it. That's all he is. I was
1: like, I was writing out when I was doing the uh, facts and figures bit at the start, like writing out the actors. I'm like thinking about all the characters as significant. Mm. And like, why don't you just put in the kids and not the adults? And getting to Kevin and going. You're just barely a person, though. You're yep. barely a character. I and, can't and, really put you in And he, and he could have here. been something. He more. could have been.
0: Yeah. You know, he, he's the sheriff's son. That, exactly That's an interesting right. position.
1: He's often involved in plot moments yep. or he's thereabouts to make... Like, just he probably bring in helps the right solve exp- the murder. He really does. He's very involved, but yet he feels so distant yep. from it. And it's just... Mainly, it's just that Wakeem is using him to get information for, like, the serpents, it yep. seems like. It's more about... How it came, fits back into the FP storyline that it has anything to do with Kevin. It's yeah. very disappointing. There are
2: really unfortunate moments in which they. This show seems to comment on you know tropes of the teen drama, teen movie mm. genre, mm. while also maintaining them. To them yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we have the gay best now. friend. Yeah. Um, but they say like, oh, it's so cliche to have a, like a gay best friend. But yeah. that's exactly what we have. Yep. We have, I think, I think it's Veronica talking to Cheryl about being like a 90s cliche, mm. but like a mean girl. But that's exactly what the writing kind of speaks to. So yep. it, it's it's kind of confusing yep. when you think about it that way.
1: So in that regard, Kevin and Joaquim are really the only two main, am I forgetting somebody in terms of queer characters on the show? Oh, for now. <laughs> Sorry, who?
2: No, I just said for now.
1: For now. Oh, right. Okay. I oh. twirled my moustache as I said it. <laughs> um, so in that sense, are we disappointed with that? Like the representation is in Absolutely. there. Yeah, It's like, it's good of it, I guess. Again, que- not Can so I just much-
2: say, queer representation is always, always disappointing mm. in teen shows. Yeah. There's never been a teen show that I've watched and been like, Oh, the queer storyline right now is so satisfying and on par with the heterosexual storyline. Yeah. That has yeah. never happened. They always play
1: it safe. Yeah, 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 it's very token and it's yep. very yep. Yeah, safe. And In like yep.
2: Dawson's Creek, One Tree Hill, PLL, Glee, any of them, Riverdale included, any of them, nothing at all has been closed to on par with the heterosexual character. Do we count Buffy? Do we count Buffy? We do. And I would agree with what I previously stated.
1: Ooh, okay. Yeah. I know. I feel like they put so much attention and work into Willow and Tara.
2: I think Buffy is probably the best example. Yeah. I think. But in terms of the romantic and sexual element of what actually makes up a relationship, it is certainly not on par with the amount of time spent on things like Angel or Spike sure. or any of that, it's, it's yep. not the same.
1: Yep, fair enough.
2: And most, like, while Buffy is, like, most shows to the nth degree. So, just imagine how subpar the LGBTQI plus stories are on the rest of teen television. Like, it's, it's fucking mm. abysmal. Gotcha.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
1: I feel like there's some other character you're dying to talk about. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> um, let me think. Is it Chuck? Do you want to talk about Chuck? Fuck do to,
2: off. Do want no, to, I want to talk about Reggie. Do you want to talk about um,
1: Reggie? Who's Reggie? I've forgotten no
0: Reggie the other, He's the, the
2: captain of the football team. Oh,
1: right. Okay. The token Asian.
0: Yeah.
2: Mm. <laughs>
1: tell, tell tell us about Cheryl. Go on, Damask.
2: Cheryl Blossom. Mm, 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 <laughs> is that enough? Is that enough? Yeah. To, no, I need, right. I need more than that. <laughs> So, Cheryl Blossom falls into this category of character that...
1: Oh, it's, it's funny. Every time you talk about it, I swear your eyes are going cross-eyed somehow. It's really weird. It's like... <laughs> because it's
2: like, I'm fucking mesmerized, like like Brad.
1: anime eyes. You actually get a little bit watery. Uh, I it's hope really true. It's probably not just in your eyes. Ugh, anyway.
2: No, it's, I'm watery all over. Um, <laughs> <laughs> watery is such a ready word for, for, us. for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, baby, I'm watery. Um... <laughs> So Cheryl falls into this category of characters that I have always been besotted by, um, which is the mean girl who is actually a soft little puppy. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's the hyper-feminine mix with like a traditional masculine trait of like emotional suppression in which they use like aggression and intimidation to a- assert power. But if you scratch underneath the surface, there's like a much more interesting, complex, emotional world right, beneath mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And that fucking gets me. Like, I, I find that character <laughs> so interesting, but also I want to date her right. <laughs> quite aggressively. <laughs> um, so, it, it's not only that, but there's also just simply the dialogue they give Cheryl, yeah. which I fucking love. Like, this show is extra, and it is extra, I think, because of Cheryl. Like, this, so I wrote down a lot, one particular line that I thought was just the perfect epitome of who Cheryl is. It's in episode four when Cheryl is in. I think she's at Pops. She's in her little like little convertible, um, and her you know her her friends that we never really hear from are in the car as well. She sees Hermione Lodge talking to FP uh-huh. behind the dumpster. So this is her line, and I quote, I spy with my little eye, Hermione Lodge full of secrets. Riddle me this, air models of the damned. Why is Veronica's mother having a clandestine tete-a-tete with a South southside serpent behind a dumpster at Pops? Like, that line is fucking ridiculous. We've got clandestine, we've got tete-a-tete, we've got air <laughs> models of the damned. It's fucking... Oh, it's fucking gorgeous! I love it. I love all of Cheryl's dialogue. I love her costume design. I think she's fantastic. I'm obsessed. I
1: figured out what it is. It's not that you get watery. It's that your eye, your pupils, literally dilate. Like, <laughs> it's amazing. She's
2: a drug. Cheryl Blossom is a drug.
1: <clears throat> um, you compared her on Twitter to like your like the old lady, like. Oh,
2: the- I said Cheryl Blossom is everyone's favorite grandma from the 1800s yes
1: yeah I and that's i was exactly like what that's she that is. vibe oh, no, sexy like grandma sexy from ma- the 1800s yeah. yeah it's like that vibe of like you see that like black and white photo of them they're mm-hmm. like a knockout and they're <laughs> but they're also wearing that like really gothic dress mm-hmm. on like some set of huge elaborate stairs or something yeah. like that yeah, yeah. holding a candelabra she's else. a sexy grandma there's
2: totally. no more else to say about it that's yeah. and
1: that's that's your type sexy grandma that's the mask yeah.
2: <laughs> the mask seal of approval yeah
1: um, I also just
0: think she's probably the most interesting character in the show. Yeah, really?
1: Mm-hmm. She's She's got
0: the most conflict. Uh, trying to please her parents, but then not want to be anything like them. And then the fact that she's the mean girl, but she's also the victim because her brother died.
2: The- no truer words, Joe. Uh, no true words. I, I agree with that. F-
1: uh. Like, I don't the know way if the show goes like, there with that's her. That's the thing.
0: It's like, but, I, but I think she has the most potential.
1: The way you explained, I think, is right. I think that's all there. What I don't think happens is the show ever really mm. takes enough time to make her a person. She is so extra <laughs> that she is just a caricature. She is... A, I mean, it's ironic to call characters that start in comics cartoons, but she is a cartoon because yeah. of the dialogue and mm-hmm. how yeah. animated she is and what the way she dresses and stuff. So it's hard for me to ever look at her and go, You're a person. Sure. Um and that's the bit that, stopped, that keeps me at arm's length from But you're right. They give her the most, as you said, conflict and mm. that that can make her more human. She's just not presented in a human
3: way. Yeah. Yet.
2: I think like Uh, As I was watching it the second time, I stopped immediately seeing any of the characters as humans because that's Mm -hmm. not what they are.
3: Mm -hmm. This is
2: a modern-day, real-life cartoon Mm. of the Archie universe, and Mm. they're all characters. They're all over-the-top and ridiculous. Except
1: for the boring ones.
2: Except for Archie, (laughs) who is Snoozeville there for eye candy. That's about it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I think once I viewed it through that, I was like, oh, Cheryl Blossom. I get you. This is your show. Just call it Cheryl Blossom Show and I'm there.
1: Um, I kind of want to start wrapping this up pretty soon. It's going to go pretty long otherwise. (laughs) Do we have any particular thoughts about any of the parent characters? They actually play a pretty pivotal role and not in an annoying way. Sometimes there's another show we haven't talked about yet, but I tried to watch Runaways recently, which is Mm. based on Mm. a comic book series that I love. And I had to give up at like episode two or three because the parents were becoming really, re- o- like overbearingly involved in the story. Oh. So much so that the kids were barely in it, especially yeah. episode yeah. two. I was just like, why are we spending all this time with parents talking to each other in rooms where the kids aren't here? When I know that the interesting, yeah. the best characters are the kids. They're the ones yeah, I came absolutely. to this show for. And yeah. this, I like the parents were involved, but I didn't find them intrusive. I felt that they played the right role in the storyline. It was mainly in conjunction with their kids, which is the best drama, I thought. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Any thoughts on any of those
3: people? Yeah,
2: I mean, I started off watching Alice Cooper being like, I've seen this character before. She's overprotective. She's kind of just like the bitch mum. And then as the season progressed... They really had some great scenes where we saw her vulnerability, why she was so afraid mm. for Betty, for her, for Polly as well, mm. just for in protecting her family. Like I actually grew quite attached to that character, which I did not see coming. So yeah, I really I appreciate the character of Alice Cooper. Yeah. yeah.
1: I love the just the subtle um, bomb they drop that there is a third Cooper child out there, somewhere that's about twenty five years old, that who mm-hmm. the fuck knows where that guy is. <laughs> um, that's gonna show up one day, I imagine. I hope it
2: ended incest.
1: Well, that's what I kept thinking. I'm trying to think, who is is Betty going to be interested in that's actually mid-20s, that's going to turn out to be her brother? Anything else Anything else we want to talk about before we get into our final thoughts?
2: Look, Most of my notes are just about Cheryl.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's start wrapping this up. I (laughs) love Cheryl! Final thoughts. Any last
2: words? Final thoughts. That's why you always leave a note.
1: Let's start off with some side notes. We've got a couple. Um, mm-hmm. Just little details I want to talk about that I really liked. I really like in the pilot, there's a shot. And I I, I was like, i might actually get into this show, if this mm-hmm. is going to be this visually interesting all the time. Mm-hmm. When Betty and Veronica are auditioning for the cheer squad mm-hmm. and they've got this great shot. And they of,
2: make out, we get it. No,
1: that <laughs> is actually part of that scene. But <laughs> where it's a far. it's about sort of waist to head height. And the two of them next to each other, and there's already a striking like dichotomy going on there because you've obviously got the blonde Betty and dark-haired Veronica, but they're sort of having their little thing, and then Veronica starts to basically assert herself against Cheryl, and she moves into the foreground, and the way the camera just focus pulls with veronica until she's basically head height in the shot and betty is blurred in the background i was like that's great visual storytelling you are setting up interesting dynamics you are setting up all sorts of interesting things here when you do this Mm. systematically rich and you've told this visually more than with dialogue cool if this keeps going it doesn't it's the only (laughs) time the show does anything that's even that anywhere near that complex but i was like that's good that's good you th- really thought that shot through. And this is the thing about pilots. Pilots often do this, look mm-hmm. better than the rest of the series because mm-hmm. that person's probably had a long time mm-hmm. mulling over that pilot script, thinking about how they're going to shoot it, really trying to sell this to a Making to a network. Perfect. Yep. So there's a reason that it's in there and not in the other episodes, but I just thought that was, that was worth pointing out. Um, why the fuck, at the end of the first episode, when they pull Jason's body out of the river, why does everyone go to go and look at the body? <laughs> All of our main cast just head the fuck down there to go and look, look at the Look, it's a body. small town.
2: <laughs> um, the drive-in is closing. There's nothing else to watch, I guess. <laughs>
1: I <don't know. laughs> I that was gross and weird. <laughs> um,
2: also, this is another point, is the fact that, so Kevin is down by the riverside, side canoodling. Um, yes. Finds a dead moose? body. Yes. And also later in the seasons thinks, you know what? Who cares if I saw a dead body there? I'll take my next boyfriend there. (laughs) It's fucking sexy. Very strange decision making.
1: Um, the Greendale side They mentioned that On the other side mm-hmm. of The river is Greendale Which made me just think of community and go They're set in the same universe <laughs> so I want that crossover Maybe That in the would movie. be
2: terrible That would
1: be awesome <laughs> I think
2: Britta would really do well At Riverdale
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, Britta would be amazing at, Britta, at Riverdale That would be so good I think the uh, Dean would be too Actually Yeah It totally. would be great And yeah. he would fit in there as well To <laughs> some degree as well mm-hmm. Yeah and no, I want to see And I, no, I want to see that now That would be pretty good <laughs> <laughs> That would be pretty good
2: Alright let's start tweeting, Dan Harmon <laughs>
1: The uh, the everyone's worst enemy in this show, slightly open windows and doors. Like how many conversations and like are people just who just happen to be walking by at the wrong time or sneak it peek in and see two people canoodling? Have I just you watched love... TV before? Bro. TV. I, <laughs> no, I just. But it's it's one thing to have have that happen occasionally. It's <laughs> another thing to have it happen every episode that someone has discovered because they're an too, dumb, in Riverdale. <laughs> too, too dumb. Too <laughs> dumb to take their their totally forbidden love. And not be a little bit more secretive with it. Just be a little bit more careful. I mean, story I always make life.
2: out, yeah, with my secret lover in front of a slightly ajar <laughs> door. <laughs> 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 All the time, baby.
1: Yeah. Um, I love the idea that Chicago is safer than Riverdale when. <laughs> I know! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fred's like, I want to go to Chicago. The
2: Riverdale is out of control.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite lines uh, in uh, Jughead's like film noir things at the start, it was the ultimate cliffhanger. <laughs> I was just like. That was when Clifford, Clifford Blossom, had hanged himself. It was the ultimate oh. cliffhanger. I was just like, wow, Jughead. I didn't even notice that. That was having an eye. That Holy... is quite on
2: the nose, sir. <laughs> that was um, that. One of your classmates' dad killed himself. <laughs> yes. He's like, is that going in the, the school paper?
1: cliffhanger.
2: Also, how funny is it the fact that they hired an adult woman <laughs> to work on the yeah. fucking Can't newspaper
1: <laughs> and they were talking about how their budget was bigger than the than the the register, reg- register yeah. as well It's was like wow okay <laughs> I, oh, actually, Love one it. of the things I loved, and I'm glad they sort of moved away from it, was when they went to the Southside school and it was like really grungy and like the bad mm. I was like, they setting these up to be the bad kids. Yeah. And when it turned out, it was just like a normal high school. I was like, that's much better. Thank you, yeah. show for not going there. <laughs> Thank a, Having a little bit of Thank subtlety. God. And finally, my last little note. And I just wanted to get your opinion on this. There was a line where Veronica and Betty are talking about boys. Gross. I think, and I think Archie in particular. And, and I think Veronica says, at the risk of failing the Bechdel test.
3: Mm. And
1: I was just interested, I was having a hard time figuring out whether that was clever, whether it was self-effacing or whether it was kind of ignorant and like belittling of the idea of the Bechdel test in the moment.
2: No, I, I when I, I mean the fact that the whole Betty and Veronica thing is kind of a staple that bled into modern culture of like two girls kind of fighting over one dude. like. Yeah. Like often, I think even in Dawson's Creek, they mention like, you know, Betty and Veronica fighting over, you know, Dawson, it was Joey and Jen. Um, no, I, I I think it's interesting. One, because at the very beginning, they swerve away from that and they have Betty and Veronica have a conversation and be like, we're not going to let a dude get in the way. And oftentimes we see female characters... Having conversations that aren't about men, you know, sure it's about murder, but it's it's not about particularly relationship kind of stuff. It's about more serious stuff. So if the show had been like a gossip girl when many of the conversations are about relationships and men and yeah. they had said that, I would agree that it was... Um, cheap and yeah. kind of not addressing the issue, but I don't think that this show does that. I think I think I think it's fair for them to kind of bring up the Bagdale test and have a little laugh at it, as you said. Because I think they divert away from it, yeah.
1: Particularly when you think about the the history of these characters, is mm. their defining characteristics apart from being the girl next door and the rich, beautiful girl? Yeah, it's are fighting over a boy, <laughs> fighting over Archie. Mm. So to say, well, we're going to have a conversation about that, and let's mm. we understand that that is not the best part of this show or the best part of these characters. Mm-hmm. And then to, yeah, I, I think that's, I agree with you. I think that's fairly Yeah.
2: No, I, smart, I, I thought rubbish. it was a good idea. Do you have any and s- also might make some teenage girls and boys Google what the Bechdel what test Bechdel is test and be aware is, yeah. of it. True.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, and also because, as you said, at that point, the Bechdel test had well and truly been passed anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you? Any side notes?
2: Um, I just loved Cheryl. Yeah. <laughs> 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 wow. You know me so well. (laughs) I don't know how we figured that out. (laughs) No, when Betty and Jughead, during Jason's memorial service, they go up to Jason's room to kind of check some stuff out. And the
1: grandma's just in there? The grandma. What the fuck was she doing? I think
2: you mean (laughs) Baby Jane. Baby Jane. (laughs) is in the corner and I've watched this several times, looking at nothing. Yes. She is just facing the corner, (laughs) hanging out in a dark room. (laughs) That was a side note (laughs) I had. It makes me laugh every time and I love it. Like that's kind of the aspect, like the absurd kind of camp, almost like queer, just ridiculous element of this show. It's just like, what (laughs) the fuck was that? Like that's one thing I love about teen shows is I spend half my time Obviously, I mean, all my time, I'm drinking wine while watching, going, you can't do that. That is not anything. <laughs> and being like, I want you guys to make out. Like that's the kind of dichotomy of like this mm-hmm. beautiful teen show, being like, I'm so invested slash I'm so disjointed from whatever is going on. And that was the perfect moment of like, this is so camp and absurd, but I'm in.
1: There was a tweet of yours, I also noticed during the week, where you were saying, we were frustrated because there were two, I want to say, I think it was two female characters that had more chemistry than they did with mm. the boys. Who are you talking about specifically?
2: So when I first started watching, and this is something that has happened quite often while watching television, in which quite often the two female leads will have more chemistry than any of the other pairings that they have on the show, usually have sexual pairings. pairings, Um, So that was like in the very beginning between Betty and Veronica, but that that like dissipated. Yeah. And then there was like, oh, there was this sequence of events between Veronica and Cheryl Mm. in which Veronica goes to Cheryl's house and is like there for her. And then all of a sudden we cut to Cheryl's bedroom They are in lingerie. They are not in pajamas. They're in lingerie. There's this, like, sultry music in the background. I was like, oh, my God, they're going to (laughs) fuck. They're going to fuck right now. This is amazing. It doesn't happen. But, like, what am I meant to think? Like, they put so much. Like, they infuse chemistry into those scenes. Mm. My question is why if you're not going to make them... Scissor up a storm for my eyes. <laughs> I don't get it, but you know it's there, and it's way sexier. I mean, I'm a queer lady, so I'm obviously a little skewed here, but it's way sexier than any kind of scene between Veronica and Archie. Yeah, Ugh. snooze fest.
1: Mm. Mm. Um, just thought of another thing that I was thought was insanity. The <laughs> when at the end, in the last episode when Cheryl was like walking into the river right Mm -hmm. and a whole crazy scene happens they have to run out there and archie's like punching the ice to get her out Mm. that
2: was the only time i found archie sexy when he was like oh yeah i was like yeah punch that ice yeah punch it
1: (laughs) i just found it crazy that after watching this person commit suicide they all went to the dance that night like none of them To to be young none of them none of them were affected by that at all
0: I also like to that just the like, others just stood around and watched while Archie punched the ice. That's
1: a good point.
0: Yeah. Why did they not help? You Start
2: can do it, Archie. You can do it. Smash the ice drowning. with
1: your fucking boot. <laughs> you don't have to punch the ice like this she's in your ears. You can stop it. <laughs> All right. Yeah.
2: You and I would just be screaming from the shore, she's drowning. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Joe, did you have any little side notes, any uh, little particular tidbits, little tidbits. you wanted to bring up?
0: Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, no, cool. I'm yeah. gonna ask
1: you first. Then, sure. What was your favorite episode of this season? Oh, no, least favorite. least favorite. Least favorite episode. Sorry, oh, it's all just blurred into one. <laughs> the whole thing was your least favorite. The mass was your least favorite.
2: Um, I'm gonna go with probably episode four. It's the confrontation of Grundy, and I just have to. It has to be at the bottom because it's such a misstep for me. I think like we're beyond this 90s bullshit of like just purely playing into like teenage fantasy. I think Mm -hmm. we need to be a little bit more responsible about that story. Sure. Um, And not only that, I thought it was like a boring way to handle that situation. Um, And it's also before my favourite character really gets started. Um, And also Alice is one dimensional in that scene with Grundy. Mm. She's just like, I hate Archie. And that should be the focus of this scene, which I don't think is correct. Yeah. What about you?
1: My least favourite episode is episode nine, La Grande Illusion. Mm. Which I think I didn't like. I just found it really predictable in terms of where they were going with things plot-wise. I couldn't even tell you the specifics off the top of my head. I'm going back through my notes here. Um and I was annoyed that Valerie got so fucked over as a character at that point. I mm. <laughs> <That> was saw <laughs> yeah, sort of the fair. end of the mm-hmm. Valerie Archie stuff, and she's just sort of like she's be- like she's just like, Oh, I'm done with you, Archie. Which I'm like, fair. But I wish you'd stick around in the plot because you are actually an interesting person compared to him mm. at the very least and that annoyed me uh, yeah is that is that what the show wanted to do that that was deliberate definitely and that's why it's worse for me anyway uh your fa- do you have a favorite episode joe uh or a favorite moment anything in particular that stood out that you enjoyed i
0: think my favorite thing was was the was the whole the the maple syrup just <laughs> the maple syrup industry uh, in general. Yeah. I think I'll, I'll be honest, that that's
2: fabulous. kind of my favourite thing as well. Do you Every when they, scene when they mention it.
0: Yeah, when they do that weird little dinner and and the tapping thing. Yeah. Oh, mm. What?
2: Yep. And Archie's like kneeling before Cheryl and, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, you can do this. I'm like, yeah, you can, Cheryl. Tap it, tap <laughs> I, it I just I was <laughs> on
0: the edge of my seat. I didn't know what was going to happen. Well, all those
2: redheads were watching. You're like, oh, God, the <laughs> tension. It's gorgeous, yeah.
1: Did we get a clear look at what the drugs were that were in the maple syrup?
2: I it looked like cocaine. No, no, well, it wasn't
1: white. It was meth.
2: Like, was it meth?
1: Maybe it was meth. I don't, I don't know. I know. I just thought it was really funny early on when they'd found that like thing of drugs in the back of. the I never buy drugs car. in that
2: large of a package, so I'm not sure.
1: <laughs> but like, there was like a I've big, never
2: bought drugs.
1: Never bought drugs. Popo, the holistic, <laughs> and
2: never bought them.
1: The. Big aluminium like foil brick they found mm. in the back of the thing. And then we found out that it was just like weed. I was like, <laughs> I was really disappointed by that. <laughs> that they were just like, yeah, I gave a bit of weed to just mm. just hand over to some other guy. It was a bit, I don't know. It's not low-key. quite as edgy
2: as it, if it's just some weed. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> exactly.
1: I mean, that was the point. Mm. FP wasn't meant to be a bad guy. Mm. Uh, Favourite episode, Damask?
2: I'm probably going to go with episode five because we get a lot of Cheryl Blossom. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I think like this is the first point where I was like, "Ooh, I'm in!" Like it's like I said, it's so extra. It's so. It's all about the blossoms, which are the most ridiculous family that have ever existed. Mm. Uh, we see the family dynamics. We see Nana Rose hanging out in Jason's room. <laughs> Like baby Jane. I mean, it's just, per- it's exactly what I wanted out of this show. Everything. And it was just mwah, gorgeous. Yeah. What about you, Brad?
1: My favorite episode is episode three, Body Double, mm-hmm. because it had a something to say, which I liked. It had, the- it, <laughs> it had a something
2: to say. <laughs> it had a something to say. It had a something to say.
1: The had the sticky maple storyline.
2: Oh, get out of here. Uh, no. I fucking hated that. Why? That was an episode of Degrassi. And don't get me wrong, I I fucking fucking love Degrassi. It was so heavy handed. It was so dumb, simplistic. There was nothing to it. It was shit. Really? It was fucking shit.
1: No, I disagree entirely. Mm -mm. It was a show that was actually about something because I. Uh, that it was, there was an easy villain. Oh, topic of the week. Yes. And it was okay.
2: Boring. No, <laughs> didn't I didn't. Didn't tackle anything, didn't say <laughs> anything about it really. Didn't really tackle the issue it of like what it is. No, absolutely not. It's dumb. It was
1: good to see those characters that Chuck getting his comeuppance. Like that was to see them fight back and have a moral victory over him was important, I thought. It
2: wasn't a moral victory at all. What do you mean? It was not a moral victory. Oh, because of how
1: Betty was. Because yeah, Betty's because of how Stark they Betty. handled
2: it. It wasn't about changing. Yeah, the roofing
1: was weird. It wasn't
2: changing about changing anything at all. It, it said nothing. It did nothing other oh, than saying, mm. this is a topical issue. Let's just bring it up, but never actually discuss it in an enriching or educational mm. way.
0: Chuck gets punished, but he doesn't. He, he
2: he he. There's nothing to it. No, yeah. Mm. I, I totally disagree. That
0: it was that. the it was the only you know, episode he comes that back was and about, exactly the same.
1: Yeah, but Chuck's a bad guy. There's just no way around it. Chuck's a prick, but and Chuck deserves to be punished. He was. Sure.
0: But but then then that's they. The way then if, if that's the case, then perhaps the other. The other football players involved. The thing is, like
2: in- that toxic masculinity. It's not about punishing those people. It's about teaching them the mm. errors of their way. No, there's, there's two sides to that's it. That's n- not there's what happens. Trying
1: to address toxic masculinity as a cultural, as a a part of society, mm, and then there's which they don't punishing do punishing sexual predators or. The sort mm-hmm. of behaviour that he... Is. We should be punishing people like Harvey Weinstein and those sorts of people. They mm-hmm. deserve to be punished.
2: Sure, but this so kid is not that person. Yes, he
1: is. He is in a position of power. He is popular. His dad is the coach... There, he is the star player, he is all of those things. He's in a position of power and he uses it against these women to degrade them to to, to, to hold totally. on to his power. He should
2: lose his position on the football As team. As he does. He should be suspended. As he does. Should he be roofied? Should he be almost drowned? No. No, he shouldn't. Okay. What is the fucking message here? That's fair. That's yeah. fair. No, I think it's a nonsense episode that is trying to be topical, that is trying to relate to teens, but doesn't actually the audience, if that's your teens, if that's the like kind of like you using that topical message to kind of connect with them what are you saying mm. what kind of message are you portraying to them I don't think it's a healthy message I don't think it's productive I think it's fucking nonsense
1: okay fair enough I'm just glad I had something to say <laughs> it all which I don't think most episodes had anything to say
2: it's just telling a story. Why does it have to have a message? No, just
1: because it wasn't tapping anything very much that was real when it's always about it's
2: a trauma.
1: <laughs> it's trash. It's soap.
2: It's fucking soap, right. absolutely. And so in
1: episode three, when yeah. I was sitting here going, I don't know what this show's gonna be yet, and it went to this place, was like, okay, this might actually be about something, which would be interesting. It was also a really good episode, I thought, for Betty and Veronica to sort of and even Cheryl as well. It was the first time they really gave mm. Cheryl an extra dimension mm-hmm. by having her wonder about Jason mm. and like what his behavior was like mm. and question That he him. might have hurt people. Yeah, yeah. he might have hurt Penny and all those sorts of yeah. things. Like it made her more than just the mean girl the as main well girl. and those sorts yeah. of things. I was like, this show might have another layer yeah. to it. And that
2: could have been interesting. I don't
1: disagree with what you're saying yeah. about the roofie side of things. I just feel like... To me, it was at that stage, it was the most engaged I was because I thought it was actually touching Mm. on something true and it stopped doing that immediately afterwards. It felt like a
2: story that was written by a man that had had seen headlines, thought that that was the issue and I'm going to write about that issue. It, Mm. It didn't speak to anything larger. It didn't really speak to the actual experience of women who had gone through that kind of thing at all. It mm. it didn't speak to anything. You didn't think, says... you didn't like
1: Ethel's character in this the who was played by the two
2: lines that Ethel speaks about being heard about it. No, I didn't. No, I really really didn't. You didn't I think that know. was positive mm, to it's... have
1: her speaking to be heard to be able to have a voice to like all those sorts of things to but be she believed.
0: She she told the principal and he no, he but then it. they
1: put in then they put in the paper like that was the whole thing. She won the record and that was one of the things that was. Really important.
2: No, I, I really genuinely didn't at all. I thought it was it was so basic. It yeah. Like if you're going to – I just don't think this show is the kind of platform where you should be discussing those things. But you're,
1: you were a second ago upset that they went to the place with the teacher and they didn't discuss it properly.
2: Yeah, because they brought up – I think if you're going to bring it up, then do it properly – just like this, they brought it up and I don't think they did it properly. Therefore, maybe this platform isn't the best way to do it. Hence why I don't think the subject of teenagers being fucked by their teachers probably shouldn't be brought up in a teen drama because it's enough. fucking false mm. and ridiculous. I
1: stand by my choice because this is the most heated and interesting discussion we've had all night about an episode of the show. Uh, Let's go back to Cheryl Blossom.
2: Yeah. <laughs> don't you dare. <laughs>
1: Do uh, hmm. we have any specific predictions, hopes, or concerns going into season two? You can't
2: talk
0: I've about it. i watched
1: it all. It. Have you watched season two, Joe? I, I have. I oh, haven't, shit. I'm not,
0: not quite up to date, but
1: I've seen. Oh. Hmm.
2: Well, you're not going to watch it, so.
1: I mean, I don't have any hopes or concerns. I predicted that Jughead and Betty were going to break up because that's where they sort of ended at the end of the season. That Betty and Archie end up in an intense situation that turns into sex and a wedge is driven between our four main characters. Was my bet. That doesn't happen.
2: I didn't say anything.
1: Shook your head. (laughs) (laughs) I know. There's the thing, there's always seems to, my worry or or my prediction is that they'll eventually lean into the Betty versus Veronica thing at some stage. It'll happen. Hey, it might not be season two. I feel like that's where it's going to go one day. How can they resist that? Eventually that's where they're going to go, right?
3: I don't know. Maybe not. I mean, oh,
1: I would I, I would give not. a lot of props to the show if it didn't. I just feel like that's a low hanging fruit that one day when you need your drama, mm. you can advertise the idea that it's finally Betty's. Come versus back to me
2: like when I'm watching Veronica. season five and see what's happened.
1: The last of yeah. season five. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. People have really j- dropped off, I can tell on Twitter. Really, people have really jumped off with season two. There's a lot of talk it about. Is,
2: yeah, it's bizarre to me because people are like, "Oh, it was really good, and now it's changed." I'm like, "No, it's always the same." I don't know what you guys exactly were watching. Same. Yeah,
1: is it possible that be- that um, there just seemed like I, th- I don't know. Again, I haven't seen season two, so correct me if I'm wrong here. The 13 episode original run had sort of a contained, slightly organized story that it knew what it was. They weren't necessarily banking on a second season. They put that little cliffhanger at the end, but they're not really they weren't really um thinking too far ahead. So they'll to concentrate on just that one storyline. And because of that it felt more complete to people as opposed to what it turns into. I in season can understand,
2: two. like, I can imagine season two could perhaps have been the thirteen episodes. Mm-hmm. But that is not to say that like I think season two is very clear about the story that it's telling. Okay. So I, I, I don't agree. I don't think I agree with that argument at all. I think people were under the impression because of maybe the reviews that it was getting, that it was this other kind of show and they felt good about watching this kind of ooh, surprising teen drama that's actually good. Um, And then when season two came out and the reviews were like, oh, it's just another teen drama, and people are like, oh yeah, no, yeah, totally. It's just another teen drama. Like I don't care about it. Yeah, but I, I think I legitimately think it's the same mm, that same. it ha- always has been. Okay.
1: Yeah, um, Joe. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you so and much for having this me. Us. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much also to our listeners for checking out this episode of Hunting Seasons. If you'd like to contact us, you can do so via our website, huntingseasonspodcast.com. You can email us at contact at huntingseasonspodcast.com. Tweet us at HuntingSCast. You can find myself, Broderick Gordas, on Twitter at bgordas, B G O R A D E S mask.
2: You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at maskymoo, M-A-S-K-Y-M-O-O. Joe,
1: do you have any uh, online presence? Social media. People to know about? No. Okay. I don't uh, <laughs> Thank you to Sean Patrick, a.k.a. at Shawnee Boy Draws, for his logo and design work. Jordan Calavis for our theme song. And Lucas Heil of Birthday Lottie Club for our bumpers. Find links to their work in the show notes. If you enjoy what we do here, we'd really appreciate you sharing the podcast with others who you think might also enjoy listening. We also appreciate your positive reviews on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher or whatever podcast platform you prefer. Next week, Damask and I will be back to discuss Picnic at Hanging Rock Season 1, which is an Australian television show, which is pretty cool. Uh, A remake of, well, it's hard to say if it's a remake of the movie or not. It was a book first.
2: It was a book, then a movie. Very, very famous movie very
1: famous movie and now a kind of
2: changed Australian cinema absolutely
1: a lot of people talk about being a perfect movie Um, I've never seen the movie neither have I and uh, to talk about that we'll be joined by Kyron Morrison of the Dialogue Options Video Game Podcast so I look forward to doing that with you next week in the meantime thank you very much for listening we will see you next time bye for now bye (laughs) bye with caution. There are spoilers ahead. You have been warned. <laughs> Sexy version today. I
2: like that.
1: Uh, <laughs> you have
2: been warned.
1: I'll just do, I'll just do an AMSR, A, 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 ASMR ASMR version, ASMR version one day.
2: You have been warned. Spoiler warning. I'm just going <laughs> to eat episode, some crunchy gold. Discussing everything.
0: That what, what is ASMR? It's,
2: it's when you talk like in a relaxing tone to the microphone and people listen to it. Uh, and really it calms them down and they often like ruffle things and speak really sensually but about like stuff. Open boxes and things like that. It's, it's really,
3: really exciting. It's, it's really working. It's
2: definitely a mild sexual event I, th- I think
3: we're all pretty aroused right now. <laughs> <here.
2: laughs> Earbuds, Melbourne's Podcast Network